We don't normally get to make fun of LAUSD for being a bougie place until uh, Alex here brought something to our attention that uh, has shocked and horrified me and Henry. Shocked and horrified. You should be excited and interested in this news. Even though it's old news, it's the best news. Um, and what I'm alluding to the fact is that LAUSD has... So I, I am a product of LAUSD, which is the LA Unified School District. LAUSD, and, mark your failings. Yes. <laughs> so, trust me, failings, they can mark, trust me. <laughs> this, there, I, I am no stranger to this, for sure. Um, Not coffee cake, apparently. No, the coffee cake has always been baller at LAUSD, okay? And so the reason I was so excited recently, um, as part of a... Uh, a podcast, or not a podcast, a, uh, a kind of a, what do we call it, really? We were a campaign? Tales, we were playing Tales from the Loop, and Alex assumed that all uh, high schools and middle schools had coffee cake, to which the rest of us responded, what kind of bougie-ass high school did you go to? And then we learned about LAUSD, a school system not, not well known for being, well, good. Coffee cake is not bougie as fuck. Like, it's coffee cake. I stand by, I didn't know what coffee cake was until I was 16. (laughs) You know what makes me angry, though, about coffee cake? What? You should name a food after what it tastes like, not what you have it with. This is fucking confusing. This is very true. Coffee cake, it's, there's no ingredient in the, I mean, now we know the ingredients because they posted the recipe. There's no fucking coffee in coffee cake. Why the fuck is it coffee cake? I will be the first to admit, I was absolutely shocked when coffee cake did not actually have coffee or some sort of coffee-like item. I I can express why it's called coffee cake if you two nerds really want an answer to this question. Well, Go I know on. why, because it's meant to be had with coffee. Yes, it is cake designed it's... to be served alongside coffee. But you don't name foods after what you serve them with. Like, I don't call my sandwiches soda. Soda sandwiches, because I have them with soda. That'd be fucking stupid, and nobody would know what I was talking about. Soda they would think I was actually putting fucking Coca-Cola on a sandwich. No. No. I call it a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I don't call it a... a a a soda sandwich that'd be fucking stupid and no one would know what I was saying. Although, when you're at the movies and you have popcorn, you have soda with it. Yeah, and, they yeah. Do say and I don't soda call pop. the popcorn soda. But you do say soda pop. So is the pop... Only the if you're from like the fucking garden? parts of the Midwest that say that. <laughs> or like from the 1950s, I guess. Either way, though... The coffee cake became a interesting topic of discussion because, yeah, LUSD released their coffee cake recipe a long time ago uh, for the public, and it's a great recipe to make. I highly suggest you guys look it up. It's a great coffee cake. And they didn't need to rename that shit because it's 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 a label that does not fit. <laughs> Labels like, aside, like no. right now, I'm drinking tea, like. I'm like if I had a cake with it. Podcast going with it. You're drinking tea. Like, you're in reality. It's boiled. It's spoiled leaf juice. Let's, yeah, let's be honest. But here. I'm not gonna. Ha- but it's like, you know, if I'm gonna have it with cookies, I'm not gonna call the cookies tea cookies because I'm having them with tea. Aren't Except they that tea those are a thing. Yeah, those are a thing. 
but I wouldn't call them tea cookies because it's a stupid fucking name that's not descriptive. But tea cookies are a thing, and they're a specific recipe to be used with tea. Yeah, and it's also a dumb fucking name. Recipe names should, like, names of food should describe the food, not what you have it with. Now you're also telling people what they should do and, you know, restricting their use of it. Can uh, I have so my it's, coffee it's, cake? It's the fascist implications of coffee cake that you object to, Henry. I get it. I'm following. Yep. I'm back on no! this hate train. Do not besmirch <laughs> coffee cake, okay? Coffee no, cake no, I'm, I'm, I'm with it's Henry nice... on this, but I didn't think I no. would be by the end of this, but yeah, I... Coffee cake is food telling you what to do, and that's absolutely wrong. So, uh, how do you respond to these fascist allegations now, Alex, about the LAUSD's coffee cake? The jack-wooded uh, sweet. Jack-wooded <laughs> sweet. How do, how, how do I respond? Uh, I, as a kid, they gave us coffee cake, and we never had coffee with it. So if you, you were implicit in this campaign of sweetness. If you have to follow the rules based off the name, then you can go ahead and do that. But me, a free thinker, an outside-of-the-box person, would clearly have milk with their coffee cake instead of coffee. Boom. Logic. There you go. But, but Alex, did you eat the coffee cake? I absolutely did eat coffee cake. That's all we had to hear. Get them, boys. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 212. I am Karkin Zero, aka Nomad Har, aka just Henry, and with me as always is Charlie, aka Mordak, or Mord4K as it were. Ah, uh, we're bringing that back, aren't we? And... It's never left. <laughs> and also Maeve Online, aka Alex. Woody woo. I have returned from the Shadow Realm with bearing news. You were just on assignment. <laughs> <laughs> on an assignment to the Shadow Realm. No. Uh, assisted to the regional Shadow Realm? Fine. <laughs> okay. I'll allow up to Shadow Realm adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> Shadow Realm, but not really because of copyright concerns. So, yeah. A legally different, but very much the same <laughs> as Shadow Realm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am back. Um, nice to be back. So, um, yeah. I don't know what assignment Charlie mentioned last week on the podcast, if he did. I don't remember. I just said you were off on assignment. So, I don't know what the goal was, but I assume my accomplishment, hence why I was allowed to come back. At least I hope I'm allowed to come back. I'm assuming I'm allowed to come back and you're not yeah, going to end you're out. here. We haven't decided <laughs> yet. It'll be one of those things where there's just awkward pauses throughout the whole podcast. We're still flipping coins. Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. That's okay. But yes, now I am, uh, we're back. And uh, the full gang's here and we've got some fun news this week, I think. We actually uh, have fun news this week, too. Like, uh, we get to kick some stuff when it's down that, like, isn't controversial isn't, and isn't us being like, man, bad people. It's like, yeah, bad video games. We're back to having fun with this stuff. Yeah, it's, it, I gotta say, I'm looking at the docket of new stuff, and it's nice to go on there and be like, 
oh, the chunk of the, the whole chunk of the news stock isn't, oh, this person was a scumbag, or oh, this person did scumbag shit. We get that oh, react to video was, game shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, somebody was grooming minors? Let me grab my beer because this is going to be one of those episodes. No, this is actually an okay episode. It's, it's like, it's like, oh, we can point out the fun, bizarre stuff like carnival fun haha, and not like serial killer house fun. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah, we, nice. uh, there's actually some sort of not E3 stuff this week. So, I mean, there's 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 a good number of games that we could actually kind of have yeah. words about. Yeah. It's I gotta say, it's refreshing to come back and see that it's like, oh, more people aren't being horrible human beings, but we actually have some nice people on the on the horizon, if you will. Yeah. I'm not sure I go that far, but at least we have we have well, uncontroversial we have video game stuff to talk about this week, which is nice. There we go. Yeah. That that that's the better way to put it. So. Yeah. I've done I have an uncontroversial video game to talk about if we want to get to it. Uncontroversial? Uh Last of Us Two. Uh, there's nothing controversial about that game in my book, except that people will think it's better than it actually is, but beyond that, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. It's better um, than the first one. Yeah. Hmm. And, and of course, uh, there's no, was it, yeah, no, it looks good. But first, I want to hear what you guys have been up to, because I, I was going last week, so I want to know that you guys are doing well. Tell me about yourselves, what's going on, what's the haps? I played Carrion. Oh, cool! You picked that up. I did pick up Carrion. Yeah, I'm not, I'm real curious as to what you thought of that it. That game is the most disgusting pixel art game I've ever played, and I kind of love it for it. It also perpetually makes me feel unbelievably stupid. And I have a hob moments I wasn't expecting to have in a game where you play as the villain from the thing. All right, so for those not familiar with Carrion is, um, if you go to the Wii, uh, not the Wii, the Switch store, you will see a giant murder vagina on your screen. That's the game you want. That's Carrion. I love the fact that that's what's on the Switch. It's also the logo everywhere else, but it seems especially weird on the Switch. Uh, Carrion is a side-scrolling pixel art game where you play as, and I cannot stress this enough, the monster from the thing. There are implications as to how you wound up as the monster of the thing. It's pretty flat out said you were a person at one point and some stuff happened, but you are playing as a Lovecraftian eldritch horror meat blob monstrosity with all of the tentacles and human eating and shape-shifting abilities that come with that uh, physical lifestyle at that point, I suppose. And the game really never explains anything. Like, I, the most you get is shake your controller to escape these containers kind of thing, or, like, button prompts to, like, squeeze through something. But beyond that, the game is almost devoid of any instruction, and I waffle back and forth between, like, thinking that's really cool because when the aha moments happen, they're really good aha moments, but also occasionally being like, it would have been really nice if you explained to me that all these fucking generators were run here I spent an hour trying to fuck around with were to charge up the invisibility power I didn't have yet. Uh, but I've had a lot of fun with the game. Um, the, the aiming is a little bit weird, so it's, a twin, it, it's also kind of a twin-stick shooter. You move, your, you move your biomass using a controller with the left thumbstick, and because you're a biomass, you can, like, Spider-Man around levels and sneak your way through, like, tighter spaces and stuff, again, because biomass, 
and you control kind of where your tentacles or your web shots, your slam ability is aiming you with your right with your right stick. As you get bigger, your abilities change, which makes sense. Like uh, there's a real delineation between the first two sizes. The big one, you're large and can smash stuff and take way more damage. The small one, you have like spider web shots and invisibility, as I just mentioned. And there's actually a whole mechanic of like depositing some of your biomass to shrink down in size in like these embryonic fluid pools to go solve puzzles and then coming back for it that again the game does not explain the purpose of that but it's cool that it doesn't but also it's kind of maddening when you play work okay okay i can deposit my biomass neat why do i deposit my biomass i get smaller oh because i can now go two rooms back and solve a puzzle i forgot about kind of thing like it the speed at which you move through the tile set is fantastic but also i think occasionally problematic because it's very easy to forget how far back a puzzle was because you just like whipped through there because you're like just all the, all the place with tentacles and you're like yeah okay I'm through the, I'm through eight rooms crap I gotta go back seven rooms I think but I I've had a lot of fun with it I streamed it yesterday actually as of recording this podcast so if you want to see me messing around with it you can go check it out on Twitch it should be up on YouTube as an archive before that's an hour and like a half of the start of the game essentially you get to watch me go. Where the fuck am I supposed to go? And then have really good aha moments with it. It's it's a fun game. It's 20 bucks. I bought into it a long time ago. I think like two E3s ago now. And I have been, I've been leaving it alone because I don't like messing with early access games that much. Uh, it's fun. If you're curious about it, check it out. It's pretty cheap. And I've, I've been having fun with it. And I don't like side-scrollers that much. Uh, it does. It, it is a, it's a reverse horror game that will go from kind of power fantasy to stealth mission in the blink of an eye, and that can be a tad off-putting when it does that, but also it totally makes sense once you get used to it. I, there's nothing going to spoil about the game, because it's you're playing this giant flesh monstrosity smashing up a military base, but there is a story there that I'm still kind of unfolding, and I kind of wish it would maybe front-load that story a little bit more than it's chosen to, but also smashing stuff and slowly dragging people to their death to be eaten by your ten- with your tentacle appendages is a lot of fun and you get to do sadistic things that like grab someone and they're screaming and just kind of slowly raise them up into the vents horror movie style eating people gives you health back and rebuild their biomass by the way this is like lovecraftian tentacle hentai um it's not really lovecraftian um it- People using the word like eldritch horror to describe this game. I don't. This isn't eldritch horror. It's just kind of body horror. I think it's. That's why I keep comparing it to like the thing and not other stuff. Like it's very much mm. shape shifting monster, not unknowable monster. Like you, you are a flesh blob monster. You are you are evil meat wad from Aqua Team Hunger Force. <laughs> like it was like if Meat Boy lost his mind. And then grew giant monster fangs and started eating people. But yeah, it's. I, I will say I'm looking at the reviews for it because I just watched it right now, and holy shit, that game looks cool. It's fun. I, I I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's. I don't think it's particularly long, but yeah, it, it it is smarter, and the puzzles are harder than I would expect from a game. That's whole selling point is: Do you want to be the monster from the thing? Yeah. <laughs> so. In the uh, most helpful reviews on Steam for it, I see a review for it that says, Carrion is a heartwarming adventure of a helpful little blob fellow 
who cleans up the world's most dysfunctional research station by unlocking all the annoyingly sealed doors preventing free movement around the facility, disabling dangerous security drones, and replacing nuclear cores that those humans keep accidentally displacing in giant metal crates. Along the way, you run into a few grumpy cyber cyborg interlopers and emotionally unstable employees, but you can convert them into happy, productive biomass by right-clicking them into your tender, fleshy embrace. Yeah. That, Does that sound fairly accurate? That sounds accurate, yeah. <laughs> that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I saw, you know, like, Devolver Digital's been talking about it for a while, and, and they also had put it, like, again into their latest showcase, so... Which is sort of just a reminder of, hey, this game's coming out soon. Oh, and I, I get why they've been pushing this game so hard. Like, this is, it is a game that, like, I, I think when I was playing, and I basically said, like, something along the lines of, if this wasn't a pixel art game, it'd be too gross. Like, this is mm. a game that, like, it makes sense to have in pixel art because it gives it kind of a fun, ridiculous vibe to it. This in a more realistic graphic setting would be, I think, maybe a tad off-putting. But yeah, like I as, would agree. but as a result, because it's got this kind of stylized pixel look to it, it's fun and ridiculous. And you're like, there is nothing more fun than you come across room and you realize nothing in the room has weapons. So you just go ham, smashing through that room and like ripping people apart with tentacles and stuff. You're like, it's this fun, and they're screaming. You're like, murder the tentacles. <laughs> and then you fight some things with guns, and you go, oh, I'm gonna fuck you up for shooting me. With my tentacles! Every time you say it like that, it just reminds me of, like, Mickey Mouse saying Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Tentacle Land! It actually reminds me of the sort of, uh, Mickey Mouse, uh, internet story, like the, uh, you know, creepypasta. Oh, the episode, the, the, the uh, story where Mickey Mouse became a flesh monster and took revenge on the entire Disney Empire. Yeah, we're all familiar with this childhood tale. Well, this this is a weird ass chapter of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts would be so lucky to have a carrion <laughs> chapter. Just throwing that one out there, like that would infinitely improve that game's storyline. If, if for a chunk of that time you went to the horror planet and became the monster from the thing, that would right. I, I'd be like, okay, Kingdom Hearts, you're taking some risks. I can respect this. Well, you know, at this point, like Disney has quite a uh, uh, a large umbrella, as yeah. it were. So I'm sure we could roll some uh, some some nice meaty. They may actually own the thing it. by now. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can only imagine. Like Sora, you've got to go help Mickey. Mickey. <laughs> uh, are you all right, Mickey? There'd be more slurping Get sounds. Here. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Gorsh. I'm gonna absorb you into my biomass to slam through your friends now. Gah? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the, the 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 duck. Can't remember his name. Donald Duck. Let's see if I can do I it. Do. I I used to be able to. Oh, this is gonna be good. Ow! Nope, can't do it anymore. <laughs> he just out of the Now he's in here. <laughs> now see here, Mickey. This is not cool. Gorgeous. Wow, no, no, can't do it anymore. I used to be able to. Can't do it. I'll, I'll see if I can practice for next week. You can get Donald yeah. Duck to flesh-eating biomass. Yeah. Uh... Nope, can't, nope, I can't do it anymore. Fear it, I don't think. 
That sounded like what's her name from uh, uh, that movie where they say Ohana means family. St- Lilo and Stitch. It was very. I, I can do a Stitch. Yeah, it was very Stitch. Stitch-like. I can do. It's a, it. It's what I do for Skittermanders and Starfinder. Yeah. <laughs> this biomass is horrifying. It will absorb the galaxy unless it's stopped. Ohana <laughs> means family, and family means absorbing into the biomass. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now that we've gotten that yeah. out of the way for everybody to, to take in, I hope you enjoyed our shitty impressions. And yeah. <laughs> Although your stitch was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no. I I like Carrion. Like, it, it's not game of the year, but it's a video game-ass video game. I'm having lots of fun playing. Like, it's... it's I was not... just gonna ask if you were gonna put it in, like, is it in the running for video game-ass video game? Oh, it's a video game-ass video game. Like, it's... It's. I have had way too many moments of going like, ha, there's way more depth to this game than I thought it was. Like, the puzzles for the game are actually good. The aha moments when you... Maybe I'm just dense and too used to shooting things in the face to to solve my problems in video games, but, like, when it does give you either a puzzle to solve or, like, once you finally kind of reshape your mind into how Carrion chooses to tell you things and how it communicates things and... Just accepting the fact that it's like, no, you're, you're going to backtrack a little bit. It's not like Castlevania-style backtracking, but we'll give you powers. You're going to loop back and solve something that maybe you spent 10 minutes previously trying to figure out that you thought was like a timer or something, but you were wrong because you were an idiot. Mm. The game is really cool. Like I've, To use a specific example, they start showing you these uh, generators that are linked up to these laser sensors about... 10, 15 minutes, maybe I was just being slow before you get the ability to interact with them, so I spent some time thinking it was like, oh, you short them out, and there's a timer, and you can get through that way. No, you, you get invisibility eventually, and that makes way more sense that, like, so I got invisibility, I'm like, why can't I activate invisibility? And that's like, you have to charge it, idiot. You have to throw your tentacles into the power supply to charge it. I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense, and now I can go back and, yup. It's just got oh, moments like that. By like, the it, way, for people listening, spoilers. Not really. It's in the first hour of the game. Yeah, it's... I suspect if you were better at that game and weren't having so much fun smashing shit, you'd get farther than I did the hour and a half I streamed. I've played more of it since. Yeah, it, it's it's a video game-ass video game. What have YouTube been up to? Um... Not much. Like I said, I was just kind of out last week, uh, so I didn't really do too much. Uh, I was out for some personal reasons. I probably won't go over, uh, but I'm okay. No, it's not the Rona or anything like that, so, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, not really, not really a lot, to be honest with you. I, I thought there was going to be a new game I was going to try this week at this point, but I don't know if I ever got around to it. I tried Hyperscape a few and that game has lost its, like, it's okay. The time to kill is way too high for it. Like, the trailers make it look like it's a fast and deadly game, and it's just a fast and evasive game, ultimately. Yeah. Plus the fact that, like, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting for me, because, like, unless you have some sort of grenade launcher, usually you kind of get situation. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, no. Other than that, I really didn't do much, so... No. Other than uh, have my coffee cake slammed, um, everything was okay. 
<laughs> so, yeah, that's another, that's it for me. One of my Destiny friends is going through kind of the weird arc you go through with um, WoW, where it's like, I don't even know if I like WoW anymore, and I'm like, you don't. No one does. You just keep playing it because of inertia. Actually, I'm so glad you brought up Destiny. I got to do my first Destiny raid, and it oh. was... I totally forgot. I don't know if you guys talked about that last week, but yeah. Oh, yeah, um, our, our attempt, of, our failed attempt that we will try again in the near future on. Yeah, that was fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. So, uh, for those of you got don't know, Charlie is, I guess, what they refer to as a Sherpa. Yes. When it comes to Destiny, so he guides <laughs> noobs like myself uh, across or either drags us or leads us one way or another, it'll get done. Depends on the raid, but yes, it's... We, yeah. we, we put you on our shoulders and carry you through the harder sections, I think is the phrase we often use. Yeah, although the one boss we couldn't defeat was the uh, connectivity boss. Yeah, I need to look into that, too. Like, I think we made the joke of last week where it's like, either you or I could be in a party, but between the two, it's like, nope, not both at the same time. Yeah. So I adjusted stuff on my end uh, after that just to kind of make sure it was okay, but we'll yeah. see. Um, no, we should definitely try it again. I know my clan would be down for that. Yeah, the dungeon was really fun. So I wish we had recorded it. I will yeah. stream those from now on. Yeah, it's yeah. That, that was a failure on my part. But yeah, no, that was uh, it was fun. I, I had fun doing that, and I actually look forward to trying it again at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, as far as what I was up to, um... You got a graphics card! Yeah. Yeah, out of the blue. So, alright, so on Sunday, this, not, not this Sunday, but past Sunday, I was just sort of sitting there, and all of a sudden I get a text from Alex saying, Did you get what I sent you? I was like, I don't know. And I opened my door, and there's a package out there. It's a video card. He sent me a, a like video card, and it's awesome. And now I can actually play modern games. <laughs> like, not that I'll stop playing yeah, so say, games. You, you merely booted up Tetris from nineteen from like eighteen hundreds. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, not that I would stop playing classic games, but now I can actually play like modern games, like games that require you know more than a potato for a video card. So, I actually took advantage. I played Tacoma, uh, which is a uh, by Fulbright, uh, by the Fulbright Company. Yeah, Fulbright Company, and it's basically a detective game. Mm. And what you're doing is you are essentially boarding a space station, trying to figure out what went down. Is it like? Nobody's there. It's just completely empty, and there's glitches going on, and there's so. And I'm not very far into it, but it's it's very cool. So the main mechanic is that there's a the computer system within Tacoma, the the ship is uh, as in the ship itself in the game. It tracks everybody. So it tracks everybody's sort of movements as well as their voice, like records voice and stuff. And so what you'll get is when you come into certain rooms, it will it will allow you to replay what went on, and you can you can rewind it and play it and pause it. And one of the things that happens is 
people are in different rooms, like, for one recording, for, like, one section of the area, and so you might need to rewind it to hear about another conversation or another thing that's going on in another room. There are some even some small puzzles that you you can utilize the the playback to figure out. The other thing that happens during the playback is there is sort of data things will pop up where you can see who the person is talking to or what they're looking at in sort of their their own sort of web browser. So everybody kind of has like when you come on the station, everybody has a sort of a this kind of augmented reality thing, which you kind of hook up to your head, like huh. you just kind of place it on each side of your head, and so you get so all the in in-game menus are diegetic. So you have your own sort of operating system that you can kind of move stuff around on, but it's all diegetic. So it's like it's within the game world. Everything's happening within the game world. Your your UI is within the game world itself. And it actually doesn't come on until you actually board the ship and then put on this sort of thing that allows you to you know, see the AR overlay. But everybody has their own, too. And at certain points in the recordings, you can access theirs and see what they're looking at at the time, like what messages they've gotten or who they're talking to. And sometimes they're talking to somebody that's not presently there. That's on, They're talking to them via phone, essentially. But yeah, so you can play it back and forth, you're checking out people's user interfaces, you're using it to sort of figure out, piece together what went on, and uh, there's already seems like some problems, because, I mean, from the very beginning, things are glitchy. So, so Intentionally glitchy, or like game glitchy? Uh, no, intentionally glitchy. Gotcha, yeah. That is like the space, sa- this, this space station itself. That's what I was assuming, is, just confirming, yeah. It's glitchy. And, yeah, it's really cool. So, the ship itself works via, like, a long tunnel, and then, and then like, these kind of outer rings where they can kind of simulate gravity because the outer rings are kind of spinning. And this is in orbit, so it can, can get some sort of... Uh, basically, it can, it, it's using centrifugal or a centrifugal sort of force to kind of simulate gravity. But down the middle of the thing, there's no gravity. It's you're in free fall. Yeah. So you just kind of float down through it. And you can, and it's, the control is, the control is pretty smooth. I mean, it's not difficult at all. I mean, the mechanics really are based around your detective work. You can pick up things and kind of look at them and pick it up and look all around it. You can kind of use the right stick or like, I don't know the way the controller's set up for it. I was using it with a 360 controller. But you can use the right stick to spin around an item and get a better look at it. And so, yeah, it's all detective work. So you can figure out things. You figure out things about people's lives. It's Sometimes you feel like you're kind of intruding because you'll go into somebody's quarters and get a recording of them just sort of doing a personal alone type of thing. and. But yeah, there's 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 a lot of cool detective stuff going on, and I'm not very far into it, but yeah, it's it's very cool. I mean, the way it's the, the way it's plays out is actually kind of getting to see what it happened, at least for the most part, with this AI and the crew of about eight. As I I think yeah, I think the crew is like eight people, 
And it's just in in into your general mixture of uh like you know, captain, engineers, you know, cook, medic. Yeah. So there's there's nothing but already there starts to be questions about like the company that runs this whole thing, like questions about them, questions about the AI, questions about it's it's really cool. You, it gives you a lot of different documents and a lot of different perspectives to try to figure out the bigger, you know, the bigger picture as well as the finer details of what went down here. Why is there nobody here? The game doesn't even really say what happened to the people. It's just there's an empty space station now, whereas a few days ago it was not empty. Yeah. Like one of the things that I picked up on, like I went on the in one area you could it kind of has people's fitness routines and it and one of them was like somebody worked out three days ago so this was something that was just like very rapid whatever happened happened very rapidly it, it went down very quickly but yeah you're basically an investigator trying to figure this all out as a uh, and yeah it's as the already, I'm hooked. I mean, the mystery is starting to. I, you know, I'm already able to make some sort of pr- predictions based on what I've found so far. But I've really found, yeah, the main mechanic is really cool. It's like you can go to these different rooms and play back and rewind essentially these conversations or interactions, or sometimes it's just somebody kind of doing something alone or talking to themselves, even. And yeah, it's really fascinating it's it's really interesting i i think the the world that they've created here the story is very interesting and it's kind of yeah being able to replay these things and then like i said some of the puzzles are figured out by watching the playback there's occasionally multiple ways to figure out figure out some of the puzzles but yeah the just the playback system is very cool I really like the fact that the entire interface is diegetic. Like, when you start out the game, you don't have it. But once you're, like, as soon as you dock with the ship, basically, it's on. Like, you, you'll you'll have this diegetic interface where you can kind of be able to... It allows you to interface with the ship itself. But also, yeah, and as well as having your own sort of menu and messages, message, messaging system. But also, yeah, it's it's within the entire game. I think that it makes the whole thing feel more immersive. There's no on-screen thing. As far as I can tell, there's no sort of danger in the game. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be any fights or danger. None of the mechanics are set up for that. It's just walk around, pick use your playback, pick up items, check it out. Yeah, very cool game. I, I really like it a lot. I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, yeah, been around for a little bit i think right oh yeah oh yeah i it's been around for a good while i i may i think i may have gotten it for free on the epic store yeah i was gonna say i think i remember that being on there recently ish or i'm confusing it with another game but in any case it's on my epic account but yeah it's i mean if you want a game that were you know so that's sort of a break from they, you know, you know, a lot of games where there is some danger and there's some, you know, something to fight or some fight mechanics. This one's a detective story. I mean, and I've heard it described that, a couple times as kind of like the idea, like it's 
it's a point and click but more active in some ways almost yeah oh no it's it's totally like one of those one of those games i mean i've played i've played similar ones but like i said the real kind of mechanic that separates it is the is the playback mechanic which is very cool like i said you can go into different rooms and experience different conversations and the fact that you can also use it to figure out puzzles as well it's very cool I mean, I've like the Sherlock Holmes games yeah. are, are basically that the the newer ones, uh, which I have a couple of those. That, yeah, and yeah, I, I've always been a big fan of these types of games. I mean, even from Mist, yeah, uh, that, that actually reminds me. So not too long ago, uh, before kind of LA shut down again, I actually went to my first uh, uh, escape room. Oh, Explain. oh yeah. Yeah, do you, you know what an escape room is, Oh, right? we know what escape oh, rooms are. I've, I've done a few, actually. That's why I was like, oh, go on. Yeah, uh, it turns out that, like, years and years of playing video games and designing video games makes me pretty darn good at it. Like, just able to pick up on it, like, pretty immediately on what to do. And Which one did you go to? Of, uh, I, don't, I don't remember. What was I'd the have... theme of it, I guess? Or... Oh, the first, all right. So the first one was like a. Uh, uh, let me think. We we did two basically. We did two. I did it with my roommate and another friend. And the, let's see. The first one was just sort of a kind of an Indiana Jones type of okay, like a urban temple thing. kind of thing. Yeah, and so yeah, it was just kind of like a series of caves we were making our way through, and that that one was neat. And the and the, especially the last puzzle on that one was very cool. And, yeah, the puzzles were very interesting. The second one we did was uh, more than just basically totally inspired by Evil Dead. So you're kind of like... Huh. The, the... Yeah, I don't want to give anything away about it because it's worth doing. But it, it is super inspired by the Evil Dead. There's a lot of sort of nods to the movie itself. But also, it's well-themed and sort of the whole way it works. Oh, it's it's really well done. It's super cool as well. And, but yeah, I was able to contrib- contribute because I've been playing video games like this for a while. Like, one of the things I actually showed my roommate, who doesn't really play video games. He's not really a gamer at all. He, but he's a huge fan of, of escape rooms. I had him go through what is basically the first escape room, uh, the video game, like the the white mm. room. If you re- uh, remember, like the right room and crim- yeah. crimson room, which are really, if you go into like like uh, the sort of Wikipedia thing about escape rooms, it talks about the talks about it. Yeah, um, but yeah, the but yeah the. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very cool experience, and yeah, it was very much like being in a video game. So I mean, they're, they're, like that kind of ties in with the Tacoma thing is very much. It felt like being in a real life video game, and yeah. I, th- I thought that was very cool. I thought I that was. You may have said this. Was this your first set of escape rooms, or you done them before? No, it was my very first. Escape oh, gotcha. Room. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they're neat. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, the. Uh... Yeah, I. What is an escape room like during COVID? Like, does it feel just like they've sterilized everything inside of it, or? 
Yeah, I mean, it it didn't really feel much different. I mean, there. They just they I think they they have to take a little longer in between to sterilize things and to clean things up. That makes you know, sense. Besides just having to reset it all. But uh yeah. Uh, it's yeah, I, I really yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the experience. I definitely would like to do an escape room again sometime after escape rooms reopen. Because, uh, yeah, in here in L.A., they kind of closed some things down again, but... Non-essential, one might call them. Yeah. My right to escape a room is essential and, de- and therefore must be protected by God and gun. Yeah, but yeah, it was, but yeah it, it was very cool playing a real-life video game, and... Yeah. Yeah, but I also played a, I played a video game video game, but yeah, Tacoma was cool, and the escape room was cool, and that's... That's pretty much what I've been up to. I mean, that's pretty much it. So, fair enough. Yeah, we should do an escape room sometime when they reopen. I have a bad habit of cheating at escape rooms. Oh, we. Oh, there was at least one puzzle where one of us like totally like did it un like in a certain sense brute forced it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, didn't break anything to do it. But it was just like we we skipped over. it. Oh, yeah, no, like anything that involves a lock that requires a combination, there's, depending on the locking mechanism, there's ways of tricking those. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it would be cool, though. But, that yeah. means it's time for news? What? News time? He has so much more enthusiasm for it than I did last week. <laughs> you can just feel his will going into that butt up 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 butting <laughs> it's one of my highlights for the, for the podcast every week. Is it? It makes me happy. Alright. <laughs> well, speaking of making you happy, it's make you sad for a couple minutes, but also kind of happy. No! Um, Alright, so uh, the U.S. Navy not learning anything from their brother, sister, parallel. I don't know how the Navy and the Army get along these days. I know they're hyper-competitive, but one of them's wet and one of them's dry, so who the fuck cares? Uh, the Navy started to twitch, and immediately the exact same thing happening with the army began to transpire. People started asking them a bunch of factual questions that they were not either willing or prepared or in any way, shape, or form to learn from others' mistakes to avoid said situation. And yeah, they started banning Twitch people too, which has raised other problems. But not to belabor this one more, uh, Alexandria, uh, how do you pronounce her last name? I'm always bad. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. You, you could also just say AOC. I was going to do that, but I'm like, eh, let's, let's People from other countries won't know who she is. Yes. So, ah. for those that don't know American politics, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a representative in our Congress. So, in our national government. She's she's an elective representative yeah. of yeah. New York, of a borough of New York, to be yep. specific. Yeah, she's a house uh, house member. Well, and yep. House of Representatives. And she wants to kind of legally stop the branches of the U.S. military from doing stuff like using Twitch, which is a smart move! Yeah, uh, she basically says, uh, and what she's trying to do is, and not to get bogged down in details, but she's, she's adding something to an existing, uh, an amendment to a bill, or trying to add one. We don't know if it'll make it or not. Onto another, onto another bill that to become law, and it would effectively ban the military from advertising on streaming platforms. 
any video game, esports, or live streaming platform. Uh, so maintain an official presence. Now, of course, that does not ban like you know. There's there's people in the army that play yeah. and stream. That's but this is this means a government run one because these streams are official. They are officially run by the government. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, hell, the the army, I think, and the navy have their own esports teams. They do like an actual esports. They do, and I don't think they should be allowed to do that because I believe that you know glossing over the negatives while basically you know propaganda about the positives of being in the military to children is really wrong and they know they know they're doing it to children i mean they go they, they there's uh, in high schools they'll go into a high school and recruit yeah this isn't us being pinko commies this is us understanding copa and having lived through kind of how these things are advertised, where it's it feels very predatory. Like the, uh, a lot of people have horror stories from joining the military via these systems, and like we're not saying do or don't join the military. That's a whole other separate set of topics that's not appropriate for this podcast. But there's better ways of going about it than getting recruited in a goddamn mall or through a Twitch chat kind of thing. Yeah, and and I think it just feels like the Twitch chat is at least as predatory as, like, going into high schools and doing this type of stuff. Yeah. It's like, especially the fact that they aren't being honest. They well, aren't it's... telling the whole story. If they aren't willing to talk about PTSD and the effects of war and what happens well, I, when you come back... I think and... it's so more complicated from the angle of Twitch is inherently supposed to be at least a mild conversation, and they won't have that conversation. Like, it's... They won't even say that we're not answering those questions, because like, that's an answer within itself. They're just straight banning people and kicking them off, and that's the problem. And, alright, so some, I saw this come up, like, oh, well, you know, Twitch is just sort of, you know, trying to be hands-off. But you know what also was within Twitch's, you know, because, you know, one of Twitch's things is, you know, people can kind of moderate as possible, but also Twitch is a thing in there which you have to follow the laws of the country you're in. And, as we know from the court case with President Trump and Twitter, the government isn't allowed to ban people off of social media from from an official government yeah. channel. Because that breaks our First Amendment of our Constitution, uh, which is pretty important because it's literally the First Amendment to the Constitution. It's, it is, and the uh, part of it is the, the ability to redress the government. And and the government cannot essentially censor, and that and that's really what the First Amendment says, and this is clearly what's happening in both of these cases. So, yeah, the yeah, uh, 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 all right. So via motherboard, uh, uh, Representative Ocasio Cortez says war is not a game, and the Marine Corps' decision not to engage in this recruiting tool should be a clear signal to the other branches of the military to cease this practice entirely. I mean, we already have a video game, America's Army. We have the military flat out giving lots of money to Hollywood to make movies where at least uh, the military shown is always shown in a positive light, never in a negative light. Uh, we have, before our uh, football games we have a paid presence and a paid thing that goes on before every football game that is paid for by the military so i mean 
It's not like we aren't getting any military advertising. It's at literally everywhere. But you know what? Maybe maybe lay off on on advertising to children because that's that's just wrong. It's just wrong. It, it's completely wrong, and they should feel bad for it. Yes, but uh, we have to move on from that to something else. Yeah. Uh, who here remembers G4 Tech TV? Me. I remember. Do you remember? I'm member. Well, apparently it's coming back. I mean, games are kind of ubiquitous. I mean, and so and I, that's not just me saying something vague and weird for the sake of saying something vague and weird. A mysterious trailer has dropped teasing the return of G4, loaded with lots of kind of G4 in jokes that G4 will return sometime in 2021. It's not clear what the hell that means. Maybe it's a YouTube channel, maybe as a whole digital platform. No date beyond 2021. They've, they've given the threat they never stopped playing. Um, it, yeah. Do you think uh, Jeff Keighley is involved? There have been some, there's been some speculation on that. I think one of the kind of weird things to talk about is that the two of the bigger stars on that platform, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb, have been pretty vocal Ever since they left X-Men, they would never go back to broadcast television. Oh. Mm. Mm. Okay. And could you do X-Play without Adam Sessler and Morgan Wed? Absolutely. Would I want to watch that version of X-Play? Uh, probably not, but also, I don't pay for cable right now, so if this is a cable-only dealio, I'm not gonna watch it. Like, They've gotta do something. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's like, I, I have to imagine they'd, they'd be more likely to sort of Start running a Twitter channel and a YouTube thing, well, or, so... or or some sort of a series because it's like the kids aren't watching cable; they aren't. Well, so and I guess like so the idea I came up with this because I've spent a little bit of time thinking on this one. We've heard some rumors about there being a new streaming platform. What if mm. someone is essentially trying to make a network TV channel, but in streaming land, like? If you took how a network TV channel worked and kind of offloaded it to a website where it did have 24 hours of content that was kind of pre-programmed and pre-shot, so it wasn't live per se, it was, a, it was just a direct feed of that stuff, like, then you had a whole website built, it's like, okay, you have the main feed of G4, then you have, like, small streamers, rather big streamers doing side content, if you don't want to watch whatever the fuck they're doing that time, you can still, like, click around, like, that feels like a thing you could actually maybe do. Yeah, um, I, I think it's possible. I think they would have to figure out the numbers. I mean, ultimately, yeah. like a lot of TV is supported by ad revenue. Yeah, and so it'd be so. The big question is, you know, would would possible sponsors be willing to sponsor something like that? I, I, yeah, no, I agree that such an idea could work. I mean, like I said, internet age. Going back on cable is that's not. Oh, the it kids seems aren't real watching dumb. Cable. Yeah, kids aren't watching cable. I mean that. I I don't think that's that's going to work out. I mean, the only peop only kids you're going to have watching cable are like really little kids or ones in place that have bad internet. But yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, they, it's just you aren't. Yeah, the internet. I mean, people have phones. That's the thing. It's like. People are more likely to have a phone than than internet than a cable access yep. because it's just an additional expense. 
It's like, what am I going to have? Am I going to pay for a phone bill, a cell phone bill, where my cell phone is like a tool for all sorts of things? Or am I going to pay for cable? Yep. So, yeah. I know, this is not condemning or whatever, it's just, G4 is coming back, baby! Yep. Whatever the fuck that means. I think it was Morgan Webb who tweeted out, um, I'm just surprised somebody remembered the password to the Twitter account from so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Alex, this story is for you, uh, not because of the content for you, but it feels like a story that you above all else would enjoy with a little too much happiness. Mm-hmm. We all knew that there was a new Call of Duty game coming, the grass grows, uh, birds fly, rain rains, etc., etc. But what if I told you the name reveal happened by accident because of Doritos promotion? Yeah! Well, so that's what happens. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War confirmed via Doritos cross-promotion. No rumors on the name previous to this, but we know it's coming now because Doritos. Well, you know, Doritos have always been on the forefront of really being, like, ahead of its time. Like, when you think about Doritos as a chip itself, it really is, stands above and beyond what normal chips are out there. Like, you sure you have your Lay's and, you know, all that, but Doritos is a real game changer. Um, Also kind of bridging the gap between, like, your flaming hot and your normal cheese flavor in chips because you've got the spicy nacho. Um, but really, they're pioneers. I mean, when you think of pioneering in the food industry, you think of things like uh, the Doritos to- Locos Tacos from Taco Bell. I mean, uh, that, three that, 3D Doritos. 3D Doritos again. The Doritos from Destiny. Yeah, the Doritos from Destiny. I mean, Dorito ships. Yeah, I mean, this, really, they're they're ahead of their time. You know, they are a staple of society, if you will. So it's no surprise that they're on the forefront of revealing the new Call of Duty game. I just thought you'd enjoy this. Yeah. I mean, when E3 is not around, you have to find other media. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all for this viral marketing via snack food. Yeah. <sighs> and I'm waiting for uh, the new, was it uh, another reveal to come out with Mountain Dew? Because it's, of course, again, Mountain Dew ahead of its time. That'll be how we course, double confirm it. Yeah. That's how you double confirm it. And of course, Mountain. when you have when you have like Mountain Dew and Doritos, that is a staple of gaming diet. And so. Taco Bell, because they both cross over at Taco Bell because, you know, you have Baja Blast, which is a yeah. Taco Bell flavor for Mountain Dew. Exactly. So, I mean, really, if you think about it, Taco Bell is kind of like modern society's temple, considering <laughs> that it houses two great precious items. Sure. That being well, Baja Blast, Mountain Dew, and Doritos. Uh, uh, well, according to highly lauded movie uh, Demolition Man, in the future, all restaurants are Taco Bell. Yeah, that's right. They're all owned by Taco Bell. Again, see? Even that <laughs> predicts it. I mean, we're it's all coming up. Like, it, it's all making sense. Like, it couldn't be any more perfect if David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson showed up and said, yep, no, this is it. This is the truth. So... Yeah, here we are. So thank you, Doritos, for being stable of the community. Stable of the gaming community, really. Yes, uh, moving on from that. Alex, I need you to walk through the story with me, I guess, and tell me how you feel at each point we walk through, because it's, again, like, this won't make you as happy as our last one did, but this one's another story for you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
All right, so later this summer, Rocket League is going free to play. That game has been an ongoing success. You'll no longer have to pay to download it. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling so far, Alex? That sounds cool. I mean, I bought Rocket League a while ago, and it's uh, it's a. I, I'm not a huge fan of Rocket League the gameplay, but I do think it's a very well put together game. All right, so, cool. my personal bias aside, it's a great game. All right, so and this change will happen on the time that it launches on the Epic Store. Mm-hmm. And at what point will be simultaneously delisted from Steam? Where is it going? Are they going to COG? Just Epic. Wait, they're going to Just Epic? Just Epic. See, I've always talked about how Rocket League has been always been a shitty game. <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, with their really bad like loot box controversy stuff, I mean, it teaches people to be bad drivers. It really is a horrible influence on society. And it's no surprise they're teamed up with Epic, as everybody knows. I mean, a staple of gaming culture, as we all know, is that Steam good, Epic bad. And this just further proves that theory. So anybody who's delusional to tell you that Rocket League is a great game, don't listen to them. They're clearly lying to you. Um, but yeah, no, not, no surprises at all. Mm, yeah. Totalitarian Epic. <laughs> So to apply some actual news to the situation to make it, I'm not sure what the right word is, uh, actual that, that news. Wasn't, that wasn't the news? Oh, that was the that news, was... so that is happening. Uh, so uh, if you already own Rocket League on Steam, you'll be able to download it still, so you just can't buy it new, I guess. You, if you're not an already owner of the game, you can't download it after the change happens. So they'll also introduce crossplay at that point, true crossplay, which I think is already partially in the game. Yeah, mm. it is. Yeah. And all the free-to-play trappings that come with it at that point as well. Uh, this will all happen around the fifth, fifth anniversary of this has already happened as well, or of uh, Rocket League happening. Uh, but yeah, I, I was kind of curious how a true gamer like you, Alex, would feel about this unprecedented change of Marketplace. Well, I mean, it's no surprise. Rocket League has always been associated with really horrible practices. So it doesn't surprise <laughs> me that they just move on and take it to the next level. So... And I'm waiting for the next level to be that, oh, it's true crossplay unless you're playing from Steam, in which case you can only play with other Steam people, and all the other fun crossplay is only enabled when you play it on the Epic Launcher, aka Spyware. But I digress. You're done. Gaben is best. Now I'm done. You want to talk about Ubisoft real quick? Sure. Let's, uh, I've heard Ubisoft has had a, a string of interesting news. This can only be better. Well, they continue <laughs> to have a string of interesting news. Um, oh, boy. I don't know where to start with this. Like, it's just such a mess this week at Ubisoft. And that's even compared to previous weeks where just it was a mess. But it was a cut and dry mess. Maybe it wasn't a mess. It was like just like, ah, it's gross in there. How gross? Quantifiably gross. This is just like, what the fuck is going on? Well, so. We'll start off with the good news, I guess, to come out of Ubisoft, and that's they don't plan to increase game prices to 70 bucks for the foreseeable future, but it kind of gets lost amongst the rest of the news this week, which Ubisoft got out there and unveiled that they have a five-point plan to clean stuff up. At the same time, a bunch of people started getting out there and being more vocal about the fact that, like, this is a company that's so... Part of the reason the female voice acting is so much better than the male voice acting in the recent Assassin's Creed game is that there wasn't supposed to be a male protagonist. Yep. We, yeah, apparently like a philosophy, like the joke of why all Ubisoft games are the same game, like their towers and 
open venture is because at an like, executive level, they're like, this is what we're doing as a studio kind of thing. And as part of this, we've learned a variety of real shitty behaviors. Like, we touched on this some last week, I think, too, in this category. But we now have the five-pronged way of facing this head-on, I suppose. Um, the first is underway. I believe there's a series of investigations from an outside of external consultant happening to kind of analyze the depth of the problem. They're then going to review the findings of this group. Uh, I'm not sure what the sense of it means. The group has embarked on a transition of its HR process in order to better prevent, detect, and sanction a process. So they're, they're, they're changing shit up to make this better. I, Ubisoft is also then launching a group-wide questionnaire to obtain better feedback to further improve, and they're changing the head of the workplace culture, which... The fact that you have to have a head of workplace culture sounds absolutely insane to me. That should be something that happens organically. Like, that's like being like the party planner for an office. People no, hate no, you. I, th I mean, if that exists and actually has some meaning to it, I don't think there should be a head. It should be a committee. Yeah. So that's, you know what? That's That just shows you that they don't really know what the fuck they're doing, and they don't really... I And I can't really take their five-pronged approach very fucking seriously because it's like you know what one of the problems was one or a couple of people were making all the goddamn decisions and trampling on everybody else and bullying everybody else with these fucking decisions that was a fucking problem you don't shouldn't have a head of anything should have a fucking committee and i, I, I believe we ignorant fucking dumb shits and i believe we touched on this some last week but in case we didn't because Falling to become kind of a weird cone shaped nightmare. No better definition of a boys' club could be given in some ways than what the fuck was going on at Ubisoft. Like, literally, it yeah. was a bunch of, I think in one case, literally two brothers and some other people that were of very similar backgrounds and economic means and position and all that jazz making a decision for everyone. Remember this studio that annoyingly is like, we're super diverse. Not that you shouldn't not be diverse, but like loves to point out how diverse they are in every game they make. And at a corporate level, they weren't. They really weren't. Just how this whole bizarre situation kicks off. And you find yourself having to have five prong plans to fix gross allegations like this. But there, it just... They apparently haven't learned a goddamn thing, is they're still creating sort of, like, head of this, head of that. No, make fucking committees, you idiots. I mean, really, learn fucking something. Yep. I mean, holy shit. They obviously haven't learned shit, so I have no faith in them to fucking change. Same way I felt about Riot. Not a single thing that Riot said made me feel like, no, I think they're actually going to change. Nothing. It was all a bunch of bullshit. I think the same thing about Ubisoft. They don't understand the main, some of the main fucking problems with their approach. On No, we'll just put another person in charge of things. That wasn't the problem. The problem is you have, like, one person in charge of things. That's the problem. They don't get it because they, they don't want to get it. They just want this thing to blow over quickly. That's really yep. what this comes down to. Yeah, no, and I kind of have to 
if you think if you're sitting there going like, okay, yeah, guys, it's a little overblown, like it's not a great thing, but whatever. Let us cap this shit Sunday off with just an extra dollop of told you so, I guess, is the best word I got for it. So we have yet another executive departure of Ubisoft. Help me with the name on this one, Henry. I'm not sure. Right, you Andre... can't do French names any better than I can. Um, Andre Cossetti, I'm guessing, but apologies for butchering that. Uh, it's just Cossette. Cossette. I mean... Managing director of Ubisoft Quebec is part of the studio amidst a ways of allegations of abuse emerging from across Ubisoft's many studios. Yep, and it's just, but they're like, oh no, this one isn't with what's going on, but it sure does seem a weird fucking time to choose to leave in the middle of this shitstorm, yep. so. Again, the allegations aren't necessarily aimed at him, but the timing is suspicious as fuck. Her. Her, sorry. No, it's just a woman. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, it's... Things are bad at Ubisoft. Yeah. Legion looks cool, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like... I, I Yeah, Watch Dogs Legion, you know, there's other games that's just... But I'm like... You know what? Not gonna give money to a company that's shitty. That's where I stand. I yeah. mean, I've been pretty... I've been pretty clear and consistent on that all along. I don't really care how much I want a game... I would rather have human beings treated better. Indeed. So, yeah. That's where I stand. Alright, next up, before we get back to our simpler gamer news, I guess, we gotta talk about Lovestruck Studios. Or Voltage's Lovestruck. I'm not quite sure how this one all works. Lovestruck is the game. Oh, sorry, Voltage's Lovestruck. Uh, which has a writing team strike going on. What? Yep. But yeah, essentially, yeah, they they have a their own little small, essentially union, essentially, which is uh, just for the writers in this case, and it's writers that are basically on sort of freelance contracts and stuff, and but yeah, uh, essentially, they, they among their complaints is they're given tight deadlines to produce new content, paid less than half the industry standard rate for that. And, yeah. And, uh, to give you some context, like, this isn't some giant big indie game or something coming to consoles near you. Lovestruck is a uh, free-to-play dating sim game for mobile, which in no way should diminish kind of people's rights to actually you know, get paid a living wage and stuff like that. But if you were worried that we were just talking about the big people this week, nah, this seems to kind of spill over everywhere. But holy fuck, this game seems popular. Yeah. I mean, it's got a lot of different, like, storyline-themed stuff. Oh, yeah, it like looks like it has packs for every possible fetish known to man. Yeah. You know, fantasy, cooking, I mean, like, kind of horror-themed, it looks like, maybe a little bit, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, but yeah, their writing staff is now officially on strike. Um, Lovestruck has responded by saying, oh, no, things aren't that bad, and they knew what they were getting into, uh, and we're in discussions with them, but you know what? Fuck you. Pay them a living wage. This is why we need fucking unions. This is literally, like, exactly why we have to have a game dev union, just an overall game dev union. Because this is how you get shit done. I mean, especially on a game with this, which lives or dies on its writers, when the writers strike, the game stops. Yep. 
And just imagine if there is like, you know, a developer's union. If the developers went on strike and shut down the machinery of AAA studios. Like, imagine, imagine like, there, we, crunch would stop. There'd be no more crunch. That'd be, a, that'd be done. That wouldn't be a thing we talk about anymore. So, yep. But yeah, to me, this is just like a sign that, hey, unions are needed and they work. But yeah, good for them. So I'm supporting them. I am yep. supporting the writers here. But now back to simpler gaming news. Uh, there's Nintendo Direct. We're going to walk ourselves through now. Uh, first off, Cadence of Hyrule is getting more Zelda DLC. It's basically a whole other game's worth of DLC. Uh, if you're into that game, congratulations. Yeah, it's adding a couple of uh, additional characters. And lots of new songs. 39, 39. new songs. That's a lot. That's yeah. actually pretty cool. That's the basically a new game's worth of content comment. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not it's not super easy to add a song in because that's a it's not like just adding a new soundtrack. That's the basic mechanic of the game is the songs being in synced with the movement. So yeah, that's that's kind of big to be honest. That's 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 content, not just a new soundtrack with a capital K. Uh, next up, we got Rogue Company, which nothing super amazing about this game, but it's a third-person action game that the Switch does seem to lack, so congrats, Switch players, I guess. I don't know. It's coming to almost everything, but it was shown off as part of this, so we're talking about it here. WW2K Battlegrounds brings the WWE to the platform it needs to be on, the Switch. Yeah, I got nothing on that one. Um, so, Love to see if it's a glitch fest. Yeah, I I wonder what a glitch fest on the Switch is like, because that thing already has some weird things going on. Yep. So, depending on who you are, the new, the, the, the kind of the two final pieces of news are the biggest parts. Um, in no specific order, we got Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne getting a re-release, and Shin Megami Tensei 5 is coming. Those who don't know or have listened to this podcast before, uh, me and Jeff hold Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne in a um, dangerously high regard when it comes to JRPGs. Uh, it is both an amazing game, but also annoying to play in the modern context. And it's not just coming to the Switch, the remaster is also coming to the PS4. So that high pitch, just yelling sound you've heard all week since the announcement is Jeff just squeeing all over the place like I occasionally text him about gaming stuff this is the first time he's texted me being like yo Nocturne like I know wait for the puck he's like no I need to talk about this now it's Nocturne <laughs> man I'm gonna buy a Switch it's coming to the PS4 I'm like yes I, I know I've told you that in a week god damn it but yeah I if you've never played Nocturne and think of yourself as a big Shin Megami fan absolutely get hyped for this thing. It's one of, if not the best JRPGs ever made, in my opinion. If you're a Persona fan, don't expect the Shin Megami Tensei franchise to be as friendly as the Persona franchises, I oh, guess. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. It, no, the, no, these games are well difficult. They Des are proper difficult. Despite the fact that, technically speaking, the correct terminology for Persona is Shin Megami Tensei Persona 5, Persona 4, etc., etc., 
they only share a monster pool. The Shin Megami Tensei games look at Persona games and go, you think you're hard, motherfucker? We're hard. <laughs> uh, and also, the, the first, I mean, that's the thing, like, the first Persona game is technically a, uh, was technically yeah. a Shin Megami Tensei's game. It was Shin Megami Tensei if. Yeah, I think up to, dot, like, dot, I dot. think 4 was the first when they technically fully dropped Shin Megami Tensei from the start of it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah it, it, really good series of games, but also brutal, brutally difficult RPGs, which, to me, that's kind of nice because I'm... I'm Alright, so I like accessible, but sometimes if it's a little too easy, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. It's not really challenging me if I can just walk through the game, like, without ever really being in danger. I don't know. Well, and I, uh, I guess to kind of put Nocturne in a bit of perspective, I know we're talking a lot about the old game and not the new game. The new one's going to be a new Persona game, or not a new Persona, a new Shin Megami Tensei game, which, get hyped for that weird-ass anime apocalypse game. It'll be cool, it'll have demons that will be various and unsettling at certain points. It's an M-rated RPG, get hyped. Uh, yeah. Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne is the game that answers two questions. What if you could have Dante from Devil May Cry as a party member in RPG? And what if in a Pokemon game, you as a trainer started working out and just like started beating Pokemon up yourself? What? So part of what makes Nocturne so cool is it's 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 an emerated Pokemon game. You're going around and you're collecting demons. And part of that game is you, the player, are a party member. Like you are powering up. So like to not bother wasting your demons. You can just fight shit yourself. Because essentially using demons requires a beside one of the magicites. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, but that's the, the entire Shin Megami Tensei series. That's what it revolves around. It's always been dark Pokemon before Pokemon yeah. existed. Uh, but also, they actually did a kids version. There's something called Demi Kids. Or at least known in the West as Demi Kids, which is Shin Megami Tensei for kids, so they kind of rolled right, rolled right back to that. I hope, I hope we get um, Digital Devil Saga remastered next. Mmm, that's a. I never got the chance to play that. That's the one where you're werewolf demons. Essentially, there was two. De there was two games to the entire arc of it, and it was kind of cool. Like so, in human form, you had access to guns and weapons, and then when you turned into a demon, you had all your demon powers. So. Part of the game, I can. Part of the game was balancing. Okay, how much of the party do I have in one mode or the other? Like it's like I think it was like healing was a human ability, except for certain demons. So there was like, it was cool. And then the second game gave you hybrid mode, which totally changed stuff up. I, I would love to see that game remastered now. If they're doing Nocturne, give us Digital Devil. Yeah. But onto the other big friendly video game news of the week. We got that Microsoft showcase xbox showcase thing that did not reveal a price mark for the xbox um let's get to it i guess sure first off dragon quest 6 echoes of an elusive 11. age sorry 11 my bad i can't read roman numerals today 11 will be coming to game pass for both pc and xbox on december 4th this is the first dragon quest game to come the microsoft platform yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a, it. It looks like a Dragon Quest game. Still, the designs done by Akira Toriyama. So, yeah, 
Certainly looks like a Dragon Quest game. I I've played I've played some of the newer generation ones. They're real cool and they're definitely RPGs. Yeah. They're where slimes come from, kind of. Oh yeah. Well, cute slime, yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> Next up we got Exomecha, which heard a lot of great descriptions of, I think the best of which was is what if you played the design aesthetics of the new Transformers movies? It's lots of chrome, spider tanks, mecha knights fighting. It's a free-to-play FPS that just looks big and bombastic. The trailer has a mecha dragon at one point. So, I guess as a person that hates the designs of the Transformers movies, this game looks incredibly ugly and confusing to me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I will probably check it out because it's free. But, but it's like the, the it it has the same problem with Transformers in that the action is incomprehensible because it just looks like you just threw a bunch of silver gears yeah. against each other and you're just smashing them together and that's what the action looks like. Yeah, the first it couple is, seconds of this game I thought it was the new Crisis game and then it wasn't. I'm like, huh? Okay, what do you I got, Exomecha? The fact that everything's just chrome and not colored is even worse. It, the game looks real. Bland. It reminds me of a game called Chrome Hounds that was an early, I think it was Xbox 360 launch title that was like, hey, we've got these mecha. Man, those things are chrome. Yeah, they're chrome. It's like, that's not a compliment. That's just a statement on your design aesthetic for this. Yeah, it's it yeah, it suffers the same problem with yeah, with the uh, Transformers and that, yeah, the action looks incomprehensible because just like looks like somebody just got a bunch of chrome scraps and just smashed them together and then just shakes, shakes the box around and that's your action. So, yep. That does not look even remotely interesting to me. But for those of you who like Transformers, the new Transformers, Michael Bay style, this is your game? I guess, yeah. It'll be free to play, so, yeah. I mean, you won't have to pay for it, at least. Next up, we got... Echo Generation, which I guess it's technically an RPG based on its combat. It's got turn-based combat to it. It's got kind of a not quite Minecraft aesthetic to it. Like, it's got a blockiness to it. I... Oh, no. It, I, I think it looks like uh, Psychonauts. Uh, maybe? It's got it's got more of a style to it, I guess, than Psychonauts. It's like Psychonauts is smooth and kind of... But this one has, yeah, this one has voxels. Yeah, that's the word them. I was looking for. Voxels is totally correct. Um, not clear what this game is. It's got kind of a the Dream of the 80s is Alive in video games vibe to it. Uh, you, you play a character, it's got a dog and a sister, it looks like. Um, it's an RPG, you fight some monsters. It's pretty looking, I'll give it that. Yeah. The grass looks real good, and some of these monsters are real unsettling to look at. It's colorful. Yeah. I like the palette that they're using here. Yeah. No, definitely that. Next up, they've announced Hello Neighbor 2. I had forgotten Hello Neighbor 1 was even a thing. Mm. Have either of you played Hello Neighbor 1? I downloaded, uh, what is it? There's, I downloaded, I just haven't had a chance to play it yet. So. So. The game is technically a horror game franchise, is my understanding. Like, it is you mm-hmm. breaking into this dude's house to unveil his, like, serial killer basement or something, is the, my understanding. Like, it's... Despite the fact this thing is, like, a huge franchise, like, there's books and stuff that are real popular out there, and the mm. art styles, it's kind of, like, weird 
cutesy, cartoony. Like it's it's got like this fun to it you wouldn't expect from a horror game, hypothetically. But that's what this game is, I guess. Like, it was just like a single player version of Dead by Daylight, kind mm. of. Well, there's also a multiplayer version, I believe, that came out. Yeah, which is just Dead by Daylight at that point, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's apparently a big franchise. I there's now a sequel, so maybe it's time to check it out more. But yes, yeah, so you're getting the sec. You're getting the second one of this on Xbox. Congratulations. Next up, we have Ballin Wonderworld. Ballon Wonderworld. I pronouncing that one I, right, Henry? I don't know. Um, B a l a n. Yeah, but it's yeah. All right, so this is this is making me real happy because it's basically. It's basically a Sega game. It's being made it is by a Sega game. Well, no, it's being done by Square Enix. But yes, it's, sorry, it's veteran Sega developers that are now working for Square Enix. Yeah, Yuji uh, Yuji Naka, who is most well known for Sonic, and uh, and Naoto Oshima, who also was a co-creator of Sonic and Knights into Dreams, which on it like the Knights for. Steam version of Nights into Dreams is also real good. It looks great and it plays awesome. It's fun, but yeah, uh, this looks a lot. Yeah, it like looks a like it's made by hybrid. those two. Oh yeah, and it looks like a like the playstyle looks like very much a hybrid of uh, Nights in the Dreams and Sonic and other good platformers. But yeah, it looks like it's very modern, you know, modern styled platformer, which. You know what? We don't have a whole lot of those. Think about it. Other than the Mario series, you know, of course, like on 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 the Switch. But you know, uh, it's you know, in a hat and time, I suppose. But there's it's 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 thing that's not been done as much. And this one looks real cool. I yeah. like the designs of it. It's colorful. It looks fun. Yeah. Yeah, and that's maybe actually the best of describing it. Like it's it's just colorful and fun and. Maybe we need more of that in video games again. We've kind of gone through a bit of a grim dark, like everything needs to be a little bit edgy and like have a darker meaning or to it or something. And this just looks Hey, you wanna collect some crystal hearts? You wanna fight some ridiculous yeah. monsters? <laughs> you wanna hang out with a hat that's got a face on it that winks at people <laughs> creepily? We got you. But yeah, it's yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, I it's it's coming for everything. Yeah. So I'll be picking it so, up. So and PC, that's an important thing to keep track of. Even though a bunch of these games were announced as part of the Xbox thing, a couple of them are coming to other platforms as well. Yeah, this one's coming to literally everything. So uh, next up, we got State of Decay Three. It exists. They showed off that zombie deer. Um, people that like State of Decay Two are probably pretty happy about this. I got the impression that if you're still playing zombie games, State of Decay Two was pretty goddamn good. Yeah. That will be an Xbox exclusive. We got another look. We got to look at the next Forza game. This one's just called Forza Motorsport, which either means they're dumping the numbering system, or who knows, maybe there's more name to come. It's pretty. In yeah. The same if way you like. Yeah. Well, yeah. In the same way that Sony has uh, Gran Turismo to show off how good its console is, Microsoft has Forza to show off how good its console is, and these are some photorealistic ass looking cars doing photorealistic ass car things. Mm-hmm. Going fast and turning left, as one might say. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got the next game from Rare, Everwild. I could not tell you what the hell this game is. It's got kind of a Sea of Thieves 
style to it. It's got the bright colors, lots of not hard details, but kind of expressiveness in those details. It's got kind of a Wicca pagan vibe to it. There's some real neat monster creature things that have mustaches, or not mustache mustaches, but like exaggerated features like that. I could not show what the hell this game is. It looks some things though. remind me of like a Studio Ghibli movie. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like just in these sort of nature, the love of nature that you find as a theme there. Yeah, that's that's what it actually reminded me of, but yeah. in a good way. It was, but it does bring up sort of a problem in that, alright, so this, I feel like the Xbox showcase was real light on actual gameplay. Like, really light on actual gameplay. Yeah, it was like lots a of trailers. Of games. Yeah. And, so, we have no idea how ever Wild plays. Yeah, and I think the implication a lot of people have walked away with is that maybe that thing actually is kind of like Sea of Thieves where it's say what you put in is what you get kind of thing, which I did not stick with Sea of Thieves that long for that reason. Hmm. It's better now, obviously, because they added a bunch of stuff to that game, but at launch that game was not compelling, to me at least. Uh, next up, we got a better look at Tell Me Why. For those aren't following this, this is the uh, new one from... This is, this is uh, Don't Nod, right? Uh, Life is Strange, yeah. guys? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the studio in this context. Um, this is one of the trans character that kind of has been maybe not controversial, but like they put a they're very very probably public about how much research they put into it. Initially, there was a bit of a reaction to no one making this game is trans or Native American or Inuit or Yupik, whatever the correct terminology for that region is. <sighs> but they've done a lot of kind of consulting and research and have been very open about the amount of effort they've put into to trying to make it you know authentic and actual and. Like, they've talked to people that are used in their game in a, a productive and effective way. So, yeah, this looks like a game they would make is the takeaway I got from this. Like, even this, they somehow managed to have very little gameplay, and it's just, here is yeah. the game moving. Yeah, um, it will also be released in parts, apparently. So I like episodic games. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, next up, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Again, it's already out. We'll be getting a big Xbox Series X update when that happens. So, yeah, that's a good thing because apparently the Xbox version of that game ain't great. Got some weird issues, which seems strange, but yeah. Grounded, that game that's basically I, hung, I Shrunk the Kids. There's a preview of it coming July 28th. Yep. Yeah, I Shrunk the Kids mixed with the, uh, like, like, Minecraft, I guess, yes, to a yeah. certain extent. Uh, you have to kind of build your own and upkeep your own kind of areas, but yeah. The Outer Worlds is getting a uh, DLC called Perils of on Gorgon, sorry, not of Gorgon. It appears to be more of that game, um, which is good. I'm not sure what else to say on that topic. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta look at Avowed. It's the next big Obsidian RPG. It some people have likened this thing to maybe going after Skyrim's kind of bread and butter, or uh, I guess it'd be Bethesda's bread and butter at that point, which, seeing as there's no gameplay almost in this trailer, not really gameplay, we have no way of knowing, but you have a sword and one of your hands is glowing with magic, so that maybe is an okay comparison to make. Hmm. Yeah. We got a quick look at this game called As Dusk Falls, which is an interactive narrative game. We got more Destiny 2 news. They showed off the stasis abilities in a big way. Um, they also revealed that if you are on an Xbox, base game Destiny is coming for the Game Pass, which is real cool, and that, that means that Destiny is coming 
with your friends list to the xCloud system for that as well. Hmm. That's kind of neat. Yeah, so uh, just to clarify, though, it's the base game. So that means you'll get up through Shadow Keep starting next year. That's the free-to-play stuff you'll have starting next year. You won't have the new stuff, if you will, or the seasonal content. No, for this, you will get... So, so this time, you will get Beyond Light as part of this. But after that, it's not quite clear if you'll be getting the free-to-play stuff or the yearly update. You will not be getting the seasonal stuff through it, though. But that also does mean the Game Pass is now continually one of the best deals in gaming. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got Stalker 2, a game near and dear to my heart. For those not clear about the Stalker franchise, it's exploring the Chernobyl Fallout Zone as both a horror game and like a scavenger game. Uh, the Metro franchise is very heavily inspired by it, whether they admit to it or not kind of thing. It's got a real kind of crazy, supernatural, dimension-hopping storyline to it. Despite the fact this is called Stalker 2, it's also the fourth one in the franchise. It's a bunch of books. Kind of like the Lovecraftian narrative stuff. There's a Stalker universe, and I know it sounds like I'm saying Stalker as in the activity. This is the, like, military delineation for that go into the zone in this game. Um, I'm excited. This franchise has a bad history of running terribly for long chunks of time and having a well-supported mod community. This is not an Xbox exclusive. It's also coming to PC and console. It's just cool to see this game alive and well, I guess, to me, because they said, it. hey, we're making Stalker 2, and I'm like, that's good. Haven't heard anything since. We got another look at Hellblade 2. No additional release date. We got another look at Psychonauts 2. Uh, Jack Black was in it. Yeah, well, I, I'm personally excited about Hellblade 2, to be honest, yeah. because the first one was really good. Yeah. Real good. So, yeah, Jack Black, he certainly sings. He was in that trailer. <laughs> it looks like Psychonauts. Uh, we got a look at a game called The Gunk, out in 2021. Um, it looks pretty, I guess. Like, it's got a real cool robot arm, and yeah, it's called it's The Gunk. Yeah, it's part of the SteamWorld series, SteamWorld Dig. Okay, thing. I didn't know it was yeah. part of that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, SteamWorld Dig. Also, yeah, same theory. So it's SteamWorld so. Gunk. And this will be an Xbox exclusive, for the record. That makes that game make a little more sense. Uh, Tetris Effect is coming to the Xbox, and I believe the PC is part of this. It's also gaining multiplayer, which will be patched into the PS4 version. Which I think that's awesome. Yeah, I saw what it looks like in the trailer. See, they they actually did show some of the like gameplay, and it's just like that game's that also looks been out for like cool. a year or two. That looks cool, though. I mean, the the multiplayer, yeah, uh, version of it looks real cool. Where it basically it's combining people's screens, and you play at the same time. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, yeah, that's the thing. Indeed, it is. Tetris Effect continues to be a hell of a game. So this next one is weird. So Crossfire X is an unbelievably popular game, I believe it's in China, that has not had a campaign. Remedy is making the campaign for this game, apparently, when it comes stateside, which... This does not feel like a Remedy-style game, but... Hmm. I... Yeah, it's standard military fare, as best I can tell. I... More on this as we know more, I suppose. Who knows? Uh, next up, we have the most obvious idea in Warhammer franchise history. After the success of Vermintide, we're finally getting our first kind of 
wave shooter in the Warhammer 40k universe. Uh, this one is called Dark Tide. It's not clear if you're playing a space marine or just uh, members of the Inquisition, but you're killing hordes of demons and zombies, as is the way for that franchise. I'm mildly excited for this. I like the 40k universe, despite having issues with Games Workshop and its fan base. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's literally what came to my mind. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Indeed. And kind of a surprise announcement, we got fan, uh, sorry, Fantasy Star Online New Genesis, which does appear to be a Realm Reborn of sorts for Fantasy Star Online 2. It looks which, real good. It looks real good. Like, it, I mean, they definitely have this, it, it's definitely Fantasy Star Online, like the art, the kind of art style, the palette, it's all there, it looks real cool. Yeah. It's not clear how much of this game is being revamped, like, one of the criticisms of Fantasy Star Online, which is kind of a staple of the Asian uh, MMO market, is, holy shit, this thing's grindy, and yeah, it's an Asian MMO, so a lot of them work. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, all MMOs are grindy. Uh, the Fantasy Stars especially, in some ways, at higher levels. Same with uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, and Terra is as yeah. well. Terra being a Korean uh, MMO. Yeah, it, it's the idea that kind of the end game is the grind, I guess. It's about becoming more efficient in that grind. Yeah. We got a quick look at Medium, which appears to be a horror game that you can jump dimensions between the dark realiverse and hell or something along those lines it kind of has got a silent hillish vibe to it down to the fact yeah. that the silent hill verse the hellscape has kind of a silent hill color palette to it almost oh yeah i thought it was a silent Me hill too. game when i was watching the we watching all did. the reveal so yeah no release date on that um out this holiday apparently my bad uh, we also got our first look, and I use the word look in this case very sarcastically, at the next Fable game. The trailer is a frog eats a fairy, and then the word Fable pops up on a screen. I've played more Fable games than, that have been canceled than games that have come out at this point, so <laughs> I'm a little skeptical on this one. I, I, I love the Fable franchise, the sense of humor about it. I'm kind of curious what Fable is like post uh, No More Molehue, but... Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too, because, like, so the last Fable that was supposed to come out was uh, going to be a multiplayer Fable. Yeah, and I played like, that one at E3. Yeah, I played mm. it here at home. Well, I played it at home because I got into a beta for it, but, yeah. That game seems surprisingly done. Maybe not good, but done. <laughs> there was also a Connect game that was terrible. That I do think came out and was terrible. Mm. Yeah, I, I refuse to get excited about Fable until I see more about Fable. But last but not least on our Microsoft Roundup, we have the big one. Halo Infinite. Uh, I don't know where to start with this one because that trailer was disappointing for a lot of people. I, so we got a little more campaign or kind of cinematic footage of you crashing, you're pretty much on a Halo world, and then we got two minutes, five minutes of gameplay that sure as hell looked like Halo and had the slowest grappling hook in existence, and 
Oh god, the game looked that that's what the game looks so slow. Yeah. Wow, it looks slow and boring. I mean, all right, so at this point we're really kind of spoiled by, you know, Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal and both those being really crazy fast action like like really like challenging fast action games. I and like, I'm not gonna say oh, a game has to be that fast. Like I play tons of Destiny. Destiny is not either of those games fast, but it's faster way faster. Than this game is yeah. Oh, way faster than it. even even the slowest class is faster than this. I mean, like there's better movement stuff for the Titans than you have for the for, for yeah. Master Chief here. And so uh, none of us are hardcore Halo fanboys, so we're the wrong people to be talking about this. So. I talked to some hardcore Halo fanboys I play Destiny with, and they are not pleased. Uh, I thought the open-worldness of this thing kind of maybe was intriguing enough. I'm like, huh, that's a cool idea, potentially. Mm. They were, but at the same time, it's like, oh, it's Far Cry Halo. I'm like, oh, that's a not-a-good sentence. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it just, the combat looked really slow. I mean, that stood out to me big time. I'm like, and it's not just because, yeah, 2016 is ridiculously fast, but even just, I, I thought about, yeah, playing Destiny. I'm like, and yeah, I play the Hunter, which is the fastest class, but the Titans have better movement than the Master Chief. Yeah, I, and there's been some, like, defense, oh, this is an old build and stuff like that that we were showing off, which the response to that is, You've been working on this game for five years. How old is that build you used for this trailer? Because, yeah. Yeah. It looks kind of like it, even slower than previous Halos. I I don't know. I think Halo's always been a tad slow for my taste, but that's neither oh, here nor yeah. there. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I just, yeah, I've never liked the movements, movement. It just feels like a... This game that feels sluggish. But yeah, especially yeah, compared to Doom 2016, which, A, runs... I, I still can't believe how optimized it is. I mean, they have some brilliant programmers working there. But also, the, is 2016 more than Eternal? 2016 is a finely crafted gem where the combat and the set pieces are just astoundingly good. And yeah, it, I think... It seems like they've made a new Halo game. They sure made it pretty. They sure haven't been thinking about, you know what, modernizing it. There have been a lot of rumblings that maybe this is the last Halo game. Well, it's not by Bungie, so I mean, that's sort of a... Well, yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, Xbox bought the Halo rights, I guess, back when, after 3 or after Reach happened or ODST. I don't fully know, but yeah, yeah it's... I don't remember which one, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally feel this is probably like it's the... It's maybe time to lay this franchise to bed for a little while. It's it's run its course. There's other stuff out there that's better versions of what Halo is at this point. Yeah. A, a New Doom being one of those things. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a game that didn't play... I mean, in so many ways, it's like, instead of just like, let's retread everything we've done before, let's... No, let's make a... Let's redefine what an FPS is. Mm. Like, like that's Doom 2016. Yeah. It redefined, like, the fast... I, I'm still astounded by how fast action is, but how f good it feels to play. 2016 especially, it just feels good. The 
combat's snappy and sharp and challenging, especially if you're playing on ultra violence. It's it's that that makes it super difficult. Yeah. But I've only seen a couple of really good gamers clear that. Like I've I watch some you know streaming people and I've seen two people like that are extremely good at these types of games struggle with it but finally pull it off. Yeah. But yeah, Halo looks real like a Halo game. Yeah, but... and I think that's kind of the thing a lot of people have had a reaction to. Like it's obviously Halo has to stop. It has to keep being Halo. I guess you can't just. Oh, God. Yeah, you can't you can't just cut people off that way, I guess, without there being problems. But and yeah, but the vehicles also look just as janky I and don't, terrible. So that's to what drive. I'm saying. You can't change the vehicles <laughs> at this point. Like they have to be those vehicles, or people will be mad. I mean, it looked it looked really bad to drive. Just terrible. Like just really. Warthog's got a warthog, man. Yeah, and it looks. Maybe it's like somehow worse to drive. I mean, they're really leaning into warthogs suck, and we don't know how to do vehicles. No, I, I think it's more like again, like there's certain expectations of warthogs got a warthog. Like if you suddenly made warthogs handle differently, people would be mad about that. Maybe not you, but the people that care way more about Halo will be like, "This ain't a warthog anymore," and we'd be like, "Yeah, it's absolutely like no, it's not a warthog though." Like it's. Halo has the problem of you have people that, like, they want Halo, and that's They want fine. the shittiness. Yeah, well, they, they want to feel with. like Halo, yeah, and that means Warthog's got a Warthog. Like, it's thumbstick zooming, which I think is a terrible decision in video games, but it's a thing some mm. people like. Mm. Yep. That does it for news this week. It's time for email. All right. Uh, wow, I have to pause for a second there for dramatic effect, and that went horribly wrong. Uh, Al, wickedawesomecast at, g- at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast <laughs> at gmail.com. What's that email a third time, Alex? Uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Oh, we're all suddenly amazingly off. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> down the show notes, spells it sounds, etc., etc. We got a bunch of emails this week. I'm not sure we've gotten this many emails since our 200th episode, but this hmm. one comes in from Winnie in Sussex. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. That's a lot of N's in a name I've not seen Yo, before. Yo, Sussex. That's, that's where I went to uh, university, cool. actually. Sussex, England. Very neat. I did not know that. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, after last week's podcast, I pulled the trigger on Ghosts of Tsushima since while Charlie's review was rambling and unfocused, he said enough of the right things to get me interested enough to do so. <laughs> and as you, as one of you so frequently says, I pulled the trigger. The first few hours of that game are indeed rough, but then it happened. I was following one of those yellow songbirds on my horse that led me to, of all things, a sword with a hat on it. I didn't nice. have one of those much-mentioned badass straw hats, hats yet, and there was one. The control was full of shit, and because, well, it's Charlie, I checked my inventory to judge for myself just how badass this hat really was. Almost 30 hours later, and, well, yeah, the hat stays on, or I'm, I'm going to die in this hat, if anything, if I have anything <laughs> to say about it. Nice. I know exactly what hat you're talking about, too. It's a badass hat. Yeah, it's the Tsushima best hat simulator. I, best badass straw hat simulator. The samurai hats are whatever. The straw hats, though, those are where it's at. 
and they understand what you want out of those hats. Like, we give you a pristine hat. I don't want a pristine hat. I want a hat that's been put through some shit that, like, someone else owned that I took off a sword. Yeah, I know the exact hat they're talking about, because you, like, you literally ride up on a sword shoved in the ground with a hat on it, and you're like, what the fuck? And then it's an amazing hat. <laughs> this one comes... Uh, thank you for writing in, Winnie. This one comes in from Anonymous, your Wicked Awesome cast. At the risk of starting a weird new trend in the emails, I have a simple question for you three. Is Halo worth caring about at this point? I'm not saying that the original Halo games aren't good or weren't incredibly important games in their time, but mm. after Halo 5, I'm having a really hard time getting myself to care about Halo Infinite. There's been a, there's been a weird trickle of Halo news this week, and I found myself just kind of sighing at all of it. Is Halo an enduring thing, or do we only still care about because Master Chief's Xbox is Mario? I think that's pretty much it. I, I think, like, I think, you know, there are Halo diehards, but I don't think we have any here on the podcast, but it's just like... Yeah, I, I think it's one of those ones where if, at the time of Xbox, PS2, and I guess GameCube for that time period, that's those are the three kind of consoles... If you were an Xbox house, you had a limited supply of games, but you had Halo. And Halo, like, I was never a huge fan of any of the Halo games, honestly. I, I think, like, I, I like two the most, but I'm not sure I would, like, go hard on any of them. Halo 2 was, like, the big one for lots of people. Like, Halo was why you bought an Xbox. Halo 2 had dual wielding. I think that's the multiplayer one. Like, they added, like, the online, like, Halo 1 through 3 kind of revolutionized FPSs on consoles. consoles. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're very important from a historical standpoint. Like, they put Bungie on a map in a way that they had not previously been in some regards. Like, it, they're yeah. monumentally important to think about. And, like, you bought an Xbox to play Halo. And I think, like, if you rewind back to that era's console war tribalism, the tribalism was high. And, like, you, you had your champions of the console and xbox had fucking master chief and as a result people feel real fucking passionately about that still rightfully yeah. or not i think that his story should have like the master chief story should have should have a close to it yeah me too and i felt like they had already reached that yeah it's like i don't know it's also the problem that it's like your modern gamer right now will not necessarily have ever played any of the previous Halo games, other than maybe the ones that were the most recent to have come out, like yeah. Halo Reach, I guess. But the Master Chief is not someone they're necessarily super familiar with, either. So, I mean, yeah, Master Chief, yeah, I know who he is, but I'm also, like, not young. Well, and like, like, real not young. <laughs> And, like, I guess, like, this is an important distinction to make. Like, if you were a kid that had Halo growing up, congrats, either you had parents that didn't understand what M-rated meant, and Halo wasn't that M-rated, really. Like, I... Or you were like me, who had a friend that, like, all they played was Halo, so you'd go over to their house, and they'd make you play Halo. And you grew up hating Halo a little bit, because you played Halo, like, once every two weeks, got your ass kicked in multiple. It's like, yeah, I've never touched an Xbox in the last two weeks. You play this game daily. This isn't fun for me yeah i think there's more of that kind of like it's it's a game that for a lot of you was like the first game you were fucking dunking on your friends with because you played it all the time and nothing wrong with that but i think it's much more of a nostalgia driven franchise than a quality driven one at this point yes 
Any thoughts on this one, Alex, or not really? What was um, your Halo experience like back in like middle <laughs> school and high school? So I actually played a fairly okayish amount of Halo, uh, mainly with like friends. We did the linked Xbox thing and all that. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, like, I I am kind of looking forward to seeing what they do with the Halo. Yeah, I release like I I I like not like excited like yeah fuck yeah, but like I'm intrigued to see what they do next. Um, I have heard some rumblings of like some sort of weird battle royale mode yeah. in Halo, which I think would be an interesting. I don't know how they would pull it off, but it would be interesting to see how they pull it off. Um, just because I think it, it, any kind of world could pull it off fairly well, I think Halo could pull it off. Um, just because the map designs are sure, so funny, maybe. Right? But I don't know. I I like I said, I really enjoyed playing. Uh, Halo back in the early days, so um, part of it is nostalgia, but I think also it's about time they get a good they they get a good one. So we'll see, but yeah, I I think it's I I, I said it, I think it's uh, more positive than negative. It's not like Assassin's Creed where it's like oh they're really just pushing it now for the sake of pushing it. At least don't get me wrong, Assassin's Creed do make okay games, but. I think they've kind of worn their welcome out a lot more than Halo would have, personally. But, yeah. Yeah. That about summarizes all of it at this point. Another one from Anonymous. The Wicked Awesome cast, without thinking too hard, what is the recent dumbest gaming and or gamer moment you've experienced lately? After last week's podcast, I watched that Lego Mario trailer for something like 10 minutes in a row, and given how much free, t- uh, free time we all now have, was curious if you three had anything similar. Dumbest gamer moment I recently? I definitely watched the new Destiny trailer for like a half hour on repeat recently. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Stasis looks real cool. Go listen to the Armchair Guardians podcast if you want me to go on about that more. It's got ice, 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 baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I don't know. Like, my own personal dumb kind of fanboy gamer moment. Yeah. Um, huh. Uh, possibly every week when I squee about Sega news. <laughs> the weekly Sega. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hell no. Um, hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Um, I got a yeah. better one. I can't remember what the hell it is, though. Something happened earlier this week, like on YouTube or something, where just it was like, it's like oh my god, this is amazing! Must keep watching, and I can't remember what the fuck it was. Oh yeah, what about? Oh, one of mine. All right, so sometimes. All right, so games done quick. We've talked about it before. It's a speed running, you know, thing for charity. They like to try to sometimes get a guest on to talk during a game to talk about the game a bit, you know, yeah. and like usually it's. I mean, it's it's generally a developer. They'll they'll try to see if you know a developer of a game is interested in talking about their game or, you know, commenting on the game while the game is being run. Yeah. And so one of my, so my favorite moments have been essentially when there's a big game breaking bug or not basically break the game in a way that makes it way faster to run appears on screen that the devs didn't know about and they're just kind of completely flabbergasted because they hadn't watched it like you know devs aren't always going to be watching speedruns uh some do 
many don't, uh, many don't, I assume. But yeah, it was for the Double Dragon Neon, and you you have the runners also explaining what they're doing. And they're like, oh yeah, here, we just go over here, and we despawn these people, and we go we by just by going in this direction, doing this thing. And there's just silence on the under end of the call. And then, like, one of them says, one of the devs says, what? <laughs> like, we, we, you shouldn't not be able to do that. That shouldn't even be able to be a thing that should be done in the game in general. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you just had this sort of very kind of weighty pause, and then oh, just, what? <laughs> is, of course, some of the some of the tricks that are done is like, in some of the games are just like expected, because there's always going to be weird things when you're dealing with 3D games and physics, uh, and that's been a way to break some games, but yeah, sometimes it's completely unexpected, and the game devs are just like, what? Really? <laughs> but yeah. Um uh also oh the H Bomber guy's stream where he was playing Donkey Kong uh uh Donkey Kong Country uh was is a pretty cool bunch of moments. Like whenever the voice of Donkey Kong, Grant Kirkhope, Hope, uh comes on and uh does some fun stuff with him, so I like that. That was for me also a fun gamer moment. <laughs> yeah, I, you got one, Alex. Um, hmm, recently or just? They asked for recently, but if you got especially standout one, let's hear it. I mean, my standout one always has to be Bind Dukem Forever. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> um, actually, I'm starting to get shelving in my uh, office slash game room, so mm. I will be putting that statue up behind me. Yeah! Of the nice. failure that was buying that fucking game. Um, I might even do a playthrough of it one day. I do own the game, so who knows? You should! Fully kind of come full <laughs> circle on it. Embrace your failure. <laughs> Face your demons. Um, shit. Recently. Um... Honestly, like, I can't think of any awkward moments gaming-wise, like, because, I, I mean, other than the fact that I'm the perfect gamer, um, honestly, I don't know, man. Like, like where I, you know what, okay, I'm going to reference one from a long time ago. Um, so I was at a LAN party, and we were all playing StarCraft II, and it stands out to me so much because, so my strategy in uh, StarCraft was always build a ton of one unit and just zerk the shit out of them, as mm. opposed to like mixing it up, because obviously like the real good players mix up their units so they have more to work with. But I like, I'm just going to spam one unit, and my go-to has always been aerial units. So I built a bunch of uh, these Terran plane units that looked really fucking cool. And so... <laughs> I launched into a location where we all agree to attack, and it turns out the units I built were completely useless because they don't actually attack air units. So I brought a bunch of air units that drop to the ground and then shoot on the ground only. Oh, no. And so my giant squad essentially went and got fed completely to the other team. (laughs) So much. it, It was so bad that the guy sitting next to me just... Could not back like could not run 
his game because he just started laughing so fucking hard at, like, <laughs> at the fact that I, I literally just shit the bed, essentially. It's a strategy, <laughs> goddammit. Yeah. So, it was just, it was so What bad. race were you playing at the time? Because it wasn't Terrans, because their base units at least can attack air. No, so they have, I think the StarCraft 2, they have a unit that, like, turns into a plane. Oh, the Vikings or whatever they're called. Yeah, that turn into the mecha things. Yeah, but they don't attack air units. No, no, they don't, unless they're in mecha, unless they're in plane mode. Yeah, and I had dropped them all down to ground mode to attack, thinking, yeah! And I was like, oh no! And then by the time I realized, because I was right-clicking around, hitting the units, like, target this, target this, target this. And I was, and nothing was happening, and I didn't realize until, like, most of them got wiped out. And at that point, it was too late. Indeed, that was too late. So, and then they proceeded to laugh. And then they stole your sofa, as happens at StarCraft tournaments. Yeah. Actually, that, did I ever tell you guys a story about the LAN party I drove up to in Portland? When I, actually, the first time I ever came to Portland no. was for that LAN party. So, okay, so I'll give you a fun moment on this one. Just a little old-school tidbit. So, um, I, this was back during Wrath of the Lich King uh, for a while, just to give you timeline-wise. So a bunch of guildies decided to meet up at one guy's house, and we were going to set up like a massive like land party with the guild in his basement garage. I think he mentioned this, but go on. I think yeah, I think I've heard this story before. Maybe not as part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, but I guess I'll share it. So we uh, so a bunch of us showed up. Like a couple guys drove in from Canada into like Washington, and then carpooled with some other guildies. Some guys came from like Idaho and. Other areas, long, long, short, short, we had a bunch of, like, guildies show up. So there's a couple dudes who were supposed to show up later on with a bunch of barbecue, and they're supposed to barbecue on his driveway, and yeah. just, like, because the garage leads to the driveway where we were setting up all of our PCs. So I drove from L.A. all the way up to Portland by myself. Um, get there... And we, you know, we set up all of our stuff. We're having fun. We played a couple games. That round in StarCraft Two happens, and that was a thing. And then um, the guy who's hosting us, his wife calls, and I guess she thought the fact that we were going to be at the house for a LAN party overnight was a joke or not really serious. And then proceeded to tell her husband that uh. She's at the zoo right now with the kids, and when she gets back, she doesn't want to see any of us there. So, within, like, maybe four hours of us, after, after driving, like, 16 hours into Portland, uh, proceed to get, essentially, kicked out. And after that, I had nowhere to stay. <laughs> uh, but luckily, I had another friend who lived up here, and I got to crash at his place. But yeah, I, I guess another fun... Oops, gamer moment for me would be a 16-hour drive to a LAN party that got canceled early because the guy's wife thought he was... Wow, That's yeah. something you should be very explicit about making sure someone realizes is real, I think. You would yeah. think! You would Especially think. when you got people coming in from, like, another country. Yeah. And I, I, I think most of them just ended up kind of crashing around other places or whatever, but yeah, I was... I was just like, uh... And here's, here's, here's my dumb young ass uh, making a dumb call here. But before I ended up crashing at my friend's place who lives up here, 
Um, I had gotten some stuff to eat. I kind of hung out for a bit. And I said, okay, well, time to drive back home. <laughs> and I started driving back to LA after not getting any fucking sleep. Ooh. So I was, that was maybe... Dumb. That was very dumb. Yeah, I was up for at least close to 30-something hours. And then yeah, that was started, dumb. Started to drive home, and my friend calls me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get your ass over here. And so I crashed at another friend's place. But yeah, that guild event will probably be my... <laughs> that guild land party will probably be one of my favorite stories to share when it comes to, like, gaming moments of all time. Is that... <laughs> As it should be, honestly. At- and we never yeah. even got the barbecue. We went to fucking Quiznos. Wow. Like, the guy with the meat for the barbecue never showed up because it got canceled before he could show up, so all that got scrapped, too. I don't know what happened to that meat. But, yeah. So, uh, Next email. Was, yeah, sure. <laughs> this one also comes in from an anonymous. You're wicked awesome cast. Last week of all things, Lego came up on your singularly focused podcast about video games and only video games. Let's have to talk about unofficial Lego sets, which had no, which has now led me to owning a Buffy scene set, uh, set thing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I would like to blame Henry for this, but my choices are my <laughs> own, I suppose. More dangerously now, I can't stop browsing crazy Lego sites, and while I've never... I'm never going to attempt any of these to build any of these multi-million piece masterpieces. I can't get myself to stop. Do you three have any hobbies you follow but will never try, try yourself for whatever reason? The crazy Lego build ones up there. I love the like the mecha stuff people keep doing in Lego. I, Lego, I follow that pretty aggressively and look at it and go, "That's cool." Never going to happen. Hmm. 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 I. Yeah, I'm actually a person that tends to have a ton of hobbies. I'm trying to think of one that I follow that I really wouldn't go to its logical conclusion or just explore really myself. Hmm. 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 Um, carving, like crazy, yeah. like wood carving, like like ridiculous, like crazy wood carving. Yeah, that's not say scrimshaws, Which... like anything that involves drawing. I have appreciative of, but I can't draw, so I'm like, no, I'll never get into that. It just, like, wood carving takes a lot of different things, like, it, like you need a studio for that. Yeah. And, like, a lot of tools, as well as large pieces of lumber. So, while I think it's super cool, and I like to, like, look at stuff and see stuff about that, that's not anything I'm ever likely to explore. Yeah. You got one, Alex, or no? Uh, Lego sets? No, just, like, a hobby that you're, up. Uh passive follow uh, that you like you enjoy the byproduct of i guess but you would like would never try despite the fact that like in theory you could i guess is how i'm interpreting this email magic Ooh, that's a good one mm. like like card magic and magic tricks mm. i actually that is a hobby of mine that i actually really enjoy um i haven't done it as much as before but i have purchased magic kits oh kits Plural oh, magic oh. kits. Hmm. Um, and, and I actually have studied like some sleight of hand videos and other what age were things. you when you got into magic? Out of curiosity. Oh, I was young. Okay, that uh, makes it a little more excusable. 
See, I, I was really young when I when I when I started learning. I actually know a lot of sleight of hand stuff. I I do several things. Yeah. I I do I do close up magic. As a matter of fact, I do close up sleight of hand stuff. Yeah, that stuff I really enjoy. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So, um. But it is years of practice, like. Like the tricks, tricks that I know that I actually will do for other people were like years and years of practice of polishing them. Mm. So yeah, it's it's something that can take up a lot of time. That's why I only know a handful of tricks because I only have so much time to devote to it. Well, I've got bad news for you too. What? This podcast has secretly been an effort of the Inquisition to root out witches <laughs> in our society. <laughs> Get 'em, boys. <laughs> Is that the second get em boys we've had today <laughs> yes, on the podcast? <laughs> Who knew I was fucking podcasting with two warlock-ass motherfuckers? <laughs> you had hints, man! I play a warlock in Destiny 2! I did ignore all the signs. I'm surrounded by magicians. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love close-up magic and all that. Like, I'm a oh, yeah. huge fan. Oh, so you lived in Los Angeles for a giant chunk of it. Did you ever get to go to Magic Castle? No, but I did have tickets. I actually had tickets several times, and I never got a chance uh, to go. Mm. So these are things that you should have told me a long time ago, because I have a friend that's caught up membership there. Yeah, I had, so, all right, so fun tidbit. When I was working for the school district, um, I was working with a guy who was the, he does the listening, or the hearing test, the little beep, you know, where we do yeah. all that. And I don't know where the com- we're doing some tech stuff, and I don't know where the conversation of magic came up. But it turns out he was a member and a magician of the Magic Castle in L.A. Ooh. Yeah, I one of the jobs I had when I first moved out to L.A. is I worked for a company that manufactures um, the various equipment for certain illusions and stuff. And as a result, I don't keep up with them anymore. But I used to know several membered magicians that like that went through the full process and stuff. Hmm. So if I had known, getting you in back in, like, 2005 would have been much easier. I don't know if I knew you in 2005. Maybe not, I don't know. But yeah, no, I I love magic. Like, I, I one of the things... Sorry, like 2015, um, I meant, like, 2015, 2005 okay. would have been too long ago. Yeah. Old, that was still in high school then. 2015, yeah, I definitely would have been on board with it. But, like, I really like, uh, like, okay, so I'm a fan of Penn & Teller. Also, just because they do some mm. comedy with yeah. their their stuff, yeah. uh, but I also really appreciate the amazing Jonathan. If you guys have ever mm. seen him, sure. Oh yeah, he's great. And actually, I'm very sad because I missed his show. The few times I've gone to Vegas, um, it was I think one time I had gone. The time I was there, he wasn't doing shows, or he was on a slight break. And then the second time around that I went to Vegas. Um, he had stopped doing shows because I guess of a heart condition, so he had stopped for a while. But I guess he's back or something. But yeah, um, yeah, Amazing Jonathan is one of my favorites. If we had gone to Evo this year, we could have seen the Amazing Jonathan. I'd have done that. For ah! mm. I know that would have been great. You know, uh, I'm yeah. learning all kinds of things right now. I did not know previously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm a. Uh... You know, I've I, there's a lot of magicians that I like and follow. I mean, like uh, James Randi, like when I was younger, and I mean, he, he, very very interesting magician that kind of used his skills also to debunk psychics. 
which is real fun. Oh, he's dude. that guy. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, he's a funny guy, too. He's a great sense of humor. Like, I've met him in person a couple of times, and he's he's a really he's a really nice guy, really cool guy. But, yeah, also, like, uh, yeah, oh, no. Yeah, definitely Penn and Teller. I like Penn and Teller. Um, but, yeah, there's just, yeah. Uh, and some of the magicians that they've had on their show, uh, Fool Me, have been really good magicians. Oh, they've yeah. had some amazing guys on. Like Michael Vincent is an old school magician, so good. His sleight of hand is just—it's so good. So you've got like, yeah, Michael Vincent. Obviously, you have Piff the Magic Dragon, who's kind of like the new wave, goofy magicians and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javi Benitez from Spain, who's also really good. Uh, he's got really good sleight of hand. Like, then you have like some of the ones that show up now, like the new circuit stuff, like you see from like Got Talent. Like I mentioned, you know, Piff the Magic Dragon, you've yeah. got Shin Lim. Yeah, uh, Shin Lim is really cool. Like, he puts on a great show. He does. He does. Like, I can, I appreciate a really good show. And so, like, Penn and Teller's Fool Us was, like, a dream show for you to watch. The, the number mm. of times I've spent hours watching uh, Fool Us clips has been... I don't even want to go to oh, yeah. any details on that, but yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah, Sean Farquaad, he's another great one that showed up on Penn and Teller. Yeah. 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 Paul, I think I mentioned Paul Gertner, right? They mentioned Paul I don't Gertner? know. Well, now you have. Okay, yeah. Paul Gertner, I, I, so the cups and balls, you know that trick, right? It's yep. pretty old school. He does a version of the cups and balls with uh, brass cups and metal balls. Yeah. So it makes it really, diff- like, it's a really interesting twist on it because it's just... If you don't think Yo. about the cups and ball trick. But anyway, I think we're going way too into <laughs> But yes, oh, yeah. I, I love magic, though. I can appreciate it. I've practiced a little bit of it, but I'm nowhere near the level of comfort where I could do it in front of a crowd. No, fair. But I have, I've done it, actually. <laughs> Third little side story. Oh, um, God. <laughs> the Pandora's okay. box is open. Okay, so I used to work for the school district. I, I think I mentioned a long time ago, I've worked in the school district before. Um, and so my office, I had to cross through a classroom. And so the office, um, what's it called? The office, well, the, the way I would get to my office, I'd go through a classroom. For a period of time, there were a set of students in my class, or not in my class, but in the classroom I would have to go through um who were like special ed or or things like that and so one of the things that we would i would coordinate with the teacher occasionally i was i would if you know if they did well for the week and all that stuff is i would come out and do a quick card trick for the kids so they would gather around and all that and i'd do like a silly card trick and they had a blast from it so uh yeah it was kind of nice huh kids were always really appreciative of it and don't get me wrong like okay the statement out of context sounds really awkward, but I love kids. Like, I love working with kids. I love working with kids' charities. Sure. Like, like I, it's always been a passion of mine. Also, partially because, you know, as a kid, I grew up, I got bullied. So, I like to kind of make a better environment for kids, kind of the way I approach it. Cool. So, whenever I used oh, to do yeah. card tricks for the kids, they used to have a blast and all that. So, I mean, yeah, like, I card magic for kids. I used to... I used to be the sponsor for like a computer club when I worked at another school. And so, yeah. But anyway, it's yeah. Card magic stuff. So. Next and now, 
Yeah, I guess so. And I guess now you see why it makes sense why I do the extra life stuff. Yeah, no, I, none of this is surprising necessarily, but it does give you context, I guess, for it. Yeah. The Inquisition will be there for you shortly. <laughs> is this the Inquisition for the magic or the Inquisition for... Uh, is this a separate Inquisition? I just don't know, because I think like I'm expecting three Inquisitions at this point. <laughs> I, think it's the, I think it's the magic one. but Okay, cool. All right, this one comes in also from Anonymous. A lot of Anonymous this week. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, I'm not sure how closely you three have been following the second by second fallout of what's going on at Ubisoft, but one of the big reveals is that at managerial level, the company was only making games with white male action main characters. Despite being all male, you three actually have a surprising amount of diversity for a gaming podcast. I was wondering if you three wanted to comment on this company policy. Especially given what you said about Far Cry franchise last week. Uh, as our token white male straight guy, I guess, of this group. I've never had an issue with female characters in games. Like, doesn't faze me at all. The fact that people get bent out of shape on it baffles me to this day. Uh, yeah. As well as, like, having a non-white protagonist. It's like, why are you... Why are people up in arms about this? I can't... I. I know why, but I don't truly understand it. Fully. Yeah, I, this decision, the kind of outcry on certain topics, like the Last of Us 2 outrage and circus that has happened around that game, like, I, I don't get it. It's why I'm always kind of weird whenever I talk about it, because I don't like that game because I don't like the Last of Us franchise that much from like a gameplay standpoint. And also, Joel's a fucking monster. Never forget that. But, like, who maybe deserves to die. But that's a whole separate topic kind of thing. That's a personal interpretation mm. of the events of the first game. Like, the Abby thing, where it's like, she's too jacked. And I'm like, in a game full of zombies, we are we are capable of judging the too yoked outness of someone. Like... <laughs> Like, as if somebody wouldn't actually kind of go out of their way to be in better shape when that's keeping you alive. Yeah. Is the fact that you're in better shape. Yeah. I mean, it's... It just shows how fragile these people are that are better yeah. complaining about it. Just utterly fragile. I mean, in cowards and bigots. No, like, I, to use kind of a Ubisoft game, like, I'm like, for better or worse, I'm probably gonna play that Viking game eventually, and... Uh, never once in my mind did it cross my thought process. Like, you're gonna play a male character. I'm like, no, I'll probably play a female character. Why? It's probably a more interesting character, ultimately. Like, like I, I don't know if Ubisoft will have the stones to, like, work in some female Viking aspect of it, but, like, badass Viking chick trumps badass Viking male dude in my book. Like, that's one of those is a cooler character, hypothetically, that's got probably crazier hair stuff you can do, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, and I think we've been fairly clear here, yeah. in, you know, on the podcast on how we feel on these things. It's like, yeah, it's like, if you think it's, like, uh, get outside of your town. Yeah. So, I, I'll i I'll jump in, I'll add some, some extra stuff here for it, but personally, I don't give a shit what you're, like, what your character's, like, races or like if you want to make a male character cool if it fits the story and the narrative of like what you have going on for your game yeah cool 
If it fits the narrative that you have a minority character, cool. If the story fits that you're a female character, cool. What I don't like is the shitty, like, feeling like you have to change something just to make the illusion of being inclusive. Like, case in point, Overwatch. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Overwatch, Overwatch got... Is- which Overwatch was what we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about it before. Overwatch was like, oh, hey, I, I know we're getting flagged. By the way, guys, Soldier 76 is gay. And it's like, okay, what does that add to his character as like a thing? Or Where you just in the established it- lore is this? Yeah. Exactly. Well, it, it's, it's, well, I mean, it's something that was obviously tacked on. Like, yeah. all right, so it's fine that like, all right, so this character is a character that also happens to be gay. But it's kind of obvious they just tacked that on there. And it's made worse by the fact that we know that in China, he's not gay. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's horse shit. Yeah. So, like, yeah, when you, you... It's not you actually... It's... it's So, we know what pandering is. We're very aware of what pandering is. And we can tell what pandering is. But like, Last of Us 2, that's... She's one of the main characters from the first game. Well, I mean, the main character in the second game is one of the main characters in the first game that you now get to control. Did you want that to be a man now? Yeah, I... Yeah, it's, like I said, it's just... <laughs> if it fits the context and the narrative of the story you're putting together, cool. But If, if that's tack- the way you've intended it from the beginning. If that was an intent there, which, you know, there are other games where it is, like, kind of revealed, kind of off the side, where it's like, oh, yeah, this character has to be gay. But it was always kind of there. Like, it wasn't like somebody announcing it late, you know, like, all of a sudden... No, no, it's... If it happens within... During your story, like, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a... Some sort of a, you know, not necessarily just a big reveal, but just, like, an insight into more of their life. Like, what their personal life is. Sure. But, yeah, it's... But, yeah, there's a difference between pandering, and we know the difference between pandering... But the people griping about, say, Last of Us 2 aren't griping about pandering. They're they're griping because they are bigots. And I guess to kind of, like, use the Far Cry reveal last week where we talked about, like, why was um Gustav even, like... It's cool Gustav is an actor in that game. Okay. Guy doesn't speak Spanish. That game in theory takes place in a place modeled after Cuba. Cuba, Cuba, mm-hmm. whatever the correct pronunciation for this context is. That one feels a little bit weird, but also, like, the Far Cry games in general at this point feel weird to me. Like, as much as I enjoyed Far Cry 3, like, that game was exceedingly problematic if you took a step back and looked at it. Like, it it was a fun game, don't get me wrong, and I think they've made strides in that franchise to be better over time, but, like... You, you play as Jason Brody, guy that liberates a island that may or may not need liberation. Really. Oh, oh, it is yeah. Dances with Wolves. Yeah. It is Pocahontas. Yeah, and I that mean, entire franchise a little bit has that problem. Like, yeah. they've made it a little bit better. Like, it's like, oh, you're at least playing in America in the fifth, uh, the, yeah, the fifth game. It's like, oh, it's, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, I... Yeah, but the ending of that game sure as hell, like, intends there to be a certain gender of your character and the fact that, like, the game let you pick at the start off to make people feel more comfortable with their choices, I don't know, like, the writing for this game is not good enough to justify some of this stuff. The implications of that game are real dark if you're a female protagonist, too. But also, why the fuck does Far Cry 5 exist, either? Yeah. 
Well, it's like, all right, so like the decision of uh, don't nod to have a trans character yeah. in your upcoming game is is both a part of the narrative, but it's not the focus of the narrative. Yeah. And they actually also made that clear. It's like, this is just a part of this person's life. There is a connection to the narrative, but that's not what this game is about. That's That's an example of not pandering. It's like, this is just a part of this character's life. This is always intended. Uh, there is elements of this that will appear in the storyline, but the storyline is mo- mostly focused on so them just exploring their past. Yeah, and I guess kind of like an argument, like that's the opposite of that. Like, let's talk about Dream Daddy for a second. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, that game is at its surface level kind of a weird, fun, silly moment in gaming history that, like, on one hand, was great for representation, but also, like, got some real disingenuous play out of it. Like, me and Alex played that game for a video, and I'm not sure we went into that game in an earnest way. We went in there for the memes and to make fun of it a little bit, and that game definitely deserved the memeing and the making fun of it that we gave it, but at the same time, like, that game was always weird for me just because it's like, this feels like bad representation, maybe. Like, you made an entire joke out of this. That feels yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I feel like... Alright, so there's kind of two types of laughing. There's laughing with and laughing at. Yeah. I don't feel like Dream Daddy was ever laughing at. Uh, so I feel like it was laughing with. I feel a bunch of the streamer stuff that happened felt like it was laughing at, but I... yeah. I, oh yeah, mm. well I'm talking about the game itself. Yeah. Now, how people treat a game, that's not really a message on the game itself. No, yeah, no. I think that, that's like, the for, legacy For me personally... Game. I, I played through I played uh, on the game several of the people through the, several of the kind of endings I guess on stream actually with another person and mm. we had a lot of fun with it we were laughing with it we enjoyed like we truly enjoyed like a lot of it and it was yeah. a lot of fun to play through but yeah uh, no uh, I think some pe- the way some people did it which was laughing at it well I mean that's on them that says something about their character is the game itself is not laughing at it's laughing with it's a and it's it's a fun light-hearted game and i feel like personally it's a good representation if like i said it says a lot more about the person if they choose to laugh at the game instead of with the game yeah no that's a fair point i yeah i far cry 6 i think will be very interesting in context of everything happening at ubisoft right now it's mm-hmm I think Ubisoft in general will be very interesting moving forward. Like I, I, we mentioned earlier on in this podcast, but that's a company that has historically really, like for better or worse, been very public about like how diverse a company they are, while we now know maybe not being that diverse at all, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's the for better or worse aspect of this. Like they, if, This was also the company that for a long time was making inherently political games while clinging as best as it could to being an apolitical gaming development studio like it's yeah i I think just by having the goat the tom clancy license you're making a political statement to a certain extent yes whether you intend to or not Mm -hmm. anything else unless we find move on to our last email uh no i I think we pretty much i mean we've covered it several times podcast and all that before yeah so yeah i don't think it's anything new but yeah i mean like i said summary if it's nerve and story for me anyway uh then do it doesn't matter what you make as long as it fits don't shoehorn it in after the fact because then it just feels so disingenuous it actually robs from your game so mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, this last email of ours comes in from an asshole. Uh, we're going to read it anyway, but uh, we want to get out there and be like, the, this person does not represent the uh, Wicked Awesome Cast brand or whatever anymore. They've long since let go. We'll start this off. Hello, fuckers. <laughs> Seeing as you are a video game expert with diverse collection of skills, including MMOs, first-person shooters, and indie games, is indie games a skill, really? Yes. Fair. Yeah. I figured you were perfect for people to ask this particular game in question. What do you guys think of the Seattle Kraken? What does the Seattle Kraken mean to the gaming world? How old is the impact the future of video game development marketing? Okay, yeah, that's actually what got written. I didn't just misread that. Is the next video game trend going to be Seattle Kraken Killers? I imagine that Charlie's in favor of considering this name after one of the, his favorite alcohols. I actually don't like Kraken brand rum. It's kind of gross, but... See, I'm actually a big fan of it. Uh, I like it yeah, a lot, it's... actually, but... Yeah. That stuff is the lighter fluid of the rum world. <laughs> uh, for those that want some context to this, the... Uh, the Seattle hockey team recently got out, the new one recently got out and revealed its name to be the Seattle Kraken, putting itself in auspicious company of being like one of six major league U.S. sports teams that doesn't have an S at the end of its name. Mm. Uh, what, what does the naming of the Kraken mean? Well, um, it means that I finally have to let go of my uh, dream of it being the Seattle or the, so the rainy city bitch pigeons, but that was never <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> The rainy city bitch pigeons. This was a thing in the hockey community. I'm not sure where it started, but so I have a shirt that proclaims that I am a fan of the rainy city bitch pigeons. Like, I don't know how it started, but the hockey community got in on the idea of naming the Seattle hockey team the rainy city bitch pigeons. For me, it's just weird that they haven't had like a like a full pro team this long. Yeah, a person I went to school with was a fan of, I think it was the Canucks, because they were the closest hockey team to Seattle by, geogra- <laughs> by geography, and I'm like, oh yeah, it does track, like there's not that much in yeah. sports in that part of the world except the Mariners. Hmm. Is there a basketball team there? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's not was. hockey, so it doesn't matter. And a football team. We don't talk about the Seahawks, they're the real rainy city bitch pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> I just love saying that sentence so much. Uh, have you guys seen the logo for the Kraken? It's actually, it, it's very eSports. It's kind of cool. It, it yeah, it really is. Good. I will wear a Kraken hat eventually kind of thing. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's a cool I will logo. wear a Kraken hat. Yeah. It's, on, it's on brand for me. Yeah, I, I for one look forward to as a hockey fan them having a first year run like the LA Kings had. Not LA Kings, the... Vegas Golden Knights, knowing it probably won't happen because that was a magical point in time that will never happen again in my hockey lifetime. But uh, how this affects the gaming verse, uh, I guess they have to add the Kraken to NHL 2021. I don't know. I'm happy about it. I have my own hockey team. Yeah, I managed to miss the announcement of it, and I'm like, ah, okay. That's right. You can do do stuff with the name now because you go by, yeah, that's some stuff. Yeah. And Jeff, I'll save your... Or, sorry, Gur, you signed this as Gur. My bad. I didn't mean to out you to our listeners that haven't gone back to the pre-100 episode stuff. I'll save your sign-off for the end of this. Uh, but yeah, new hockey team. If Jeff was here, there'd be more talk about the Kraken. I'm sure that'd been a running joke this week of, like, the Kraken was going to drag this podcast down to the depths and make it a hockey podcast, finally, because... <laughs> yeah, I, I got hockey jokes. 
We'll eventually get there. No. We'll eventually go 100% hockey. the same. You didn't grow up with a team you actively hate but love the way me and Jeff did. See, I, I, I grew up with the, well, I guess not grew up necessarily, but the Dallas Stars. Oh, God. Hey, they, they have a Stanley Cup. This is true. So do the LA Kings. We're not being like, oh, the, the Kings have Stanley Cups. The Canucks don't, though, and we should never let them forget that. <laughs> I'm talking about you, the Canucks. If you want to send all mail regarding the Canucks, uh, you can email us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. I will read, I will read, I will read the Canucks, and I'll censor everything with two Sedine sisters, no cup. Just, just throwing that one out there anytime someone writes in about the Canucks. <laughs> watching the, watching Luongo fall apart during the 2011 uh, NHL finals was amazing. I've never seen someone get paid that much money just eat it on ice that hard. <laughs> it was beautiful. And definitely not some weird thing Boston sports fans will hold on to for way longer than we should. Because that's how we are. <sighs> Thank you for writing in, I guess, girl. I guess. Whatever. That's a free email. It's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com down the show notes, etc., etc. Um, anything else before we close this sucker out? No, no, you can follow me on my social medias, Maeve Online across the board. That is uh, all my stuff. Uh, I'm Kraken Zero, that's Z E R Zero on Facebook and Instagram. And if I'm doing anything or up to anything, it will be on there. I am apparently streaming again, so yeah. Tuesdays, or th- sorry, Thursdays and Saturday mornings, apparently, Pacific time. Thursday evenings. Come watch Destiny or something. Yeah. Also, M-O-R-D-4-K on Twitter. That's about it, really, at this point. I'm not doing things, so I'm not posting a lot. Like, the the, the pictures of my dog on Instagram have slowed down considerably. Hmm. But, yeah. (laughs) If that does it for this week, uh, Gur writes in with, Cue the meddling. Go Bruins. Fuck up the Flyers. Yeah, cue the meddling. (laughs) 